Welcome to the Republic of Arsenal. Um, a kind of, as I've been saying a lot lately, a, another impromptu live video. So much going on. I didn't really have any plans of uh, of going live here tonight and, and doing an awful lot, but I just thought, look, with all the madness going on, um, that there's so much to talk about. Um, I have Liam here with me, and Liam, we were supposed to talk tomorrow. I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just jumping, I'm diving straight into this. We, we were supposed to talk tomorrow, but the news is just changing. Every every couple of minutes, there, there's something new breaking, and and just even before we click live, this is just after breaking now. So Charles Watts, who for most people would know, Charles Watts is he's a, a really really reliable um, source when it comes to Arsenal news. He's just announced Arsenal are done. They're they're leaving the Super League. How are you feeling right now about this? Mate, absolutely ecstatic. I mean, I think I made the point yesterday that. Like yesterday, I was talking to like the boys. I've never felt so disconnected from Arsenal in all my life. You know, I've you know I've explained to you many times why I'm an Arsenal fan, and I just never, just never felt so low like supporting Arsenal, or being an Arsenal fan because of what's going on. And look, it's big. It's still bigger than this. You know, leaving this is this is the first step. Let's carry on and let's get Cronkay out of the club now. Yeah, 100%. And uh, just big shout out to everybody who's uh, who's joining us there in the chat. Um, a lot of a lot of happy gunners by the looks of it. A lot oh, of people yeah. are celebrating Arsenal are officially out. Big up to Farhan, finally. Big up to Georgina. Big up to Dan, Cold A-Line. Yeah, look, um, it's, a, it's a bit of good news. It is a bit of good news. Definitely, definitely a welcome announcement because there's been a couple of... Uh, it's been a couple of rough days to be an Arsenal fan, and that's not even including the result against Fulham, which, yeah, that was just a, it was a snowball effect, really, wasn't it? You, you went from that disappointing result against Fulham into this absolute madness. But as you said right there, I completely echo that sentiment. We can sit around right now. Let's be happy because this is obviously this is a success, not just for Arsenal fans, but for for football fans. You know, for fans of of everything that's good and pure about the game, this is look. It's not one hundred and ten percent until I think every single club has come out and made a statement. You know, it, it, it's still look. It, it, it's we can. I guess we can say it's probably ninety nine percent that the fans have you know got what they wanted. What ninety nine percent the fans wanted. But let's keep this energy. Let's get Stan Kroenke out of this club. Like it, it's time. You know, let's not stop. Let's not sit around and say, okay, we, we got what we wanted. We're not going ahead with the Super League. It's time to get Stan Kroenke out of this club because we knew what Stan Kroenke was all about. The, the day he took over, we knew what he was all about. We knew what he wanted. We knew what his goal for Arsenal was. His goal for Arsenal is not success. He's, no. not, he's, not, a, he's not a soccer fan. You know, it, we, we know NFL is his thing. We know that we were a cash cow from day one for Stan Kroenke. This just further enhances everything we already knew. It further confirmed for me, and I think everyone 
that supports Arsenal, where his priorities are with Arsenal, with the Premier League, with football, with football in general. He does not care. It is time. We have to keep this energy. We need to, even if you're a fan of a rival club, I posted out on Twitter earlier, this is a chance for the, the fans. You know, I don't care if you're Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Man City, Tottenham. I don't care. This is the chance for all of us to get together. Their strength in numbers, you know, Arsenal fans don't need to fight this alone. Sorry, Liam, you have something to, to jump in there with? Yeah. Arsenal have literally just tweeted 21 seconds ago. As a result no. of listening to you and the wider football community over recent days, we are withdrawing from the proposed Super League. We made a mistake and we apologise for it. And there's an open letter to the fans on the website as we speak. You know what? You made a mistake. That's fine. Apology accepted. But Stan Kroenke, fuck off. I don't care. It's time to go. You've made plenty of mistakes. This, this is just another mistake. We all make mistakes, but how many mistakes is that guy going to make? We, we knew, we knew regardless. We knew regardless where his priorities are. His priority is not Arsenal. So, as I said, look, keep this energy. Keep this energy going. And I hope that this is an eye-opener for the fans of, of the other clubs as well. Because, as I said, you know, you know where your, your owner's priorities lie. And if you didn't know, now you know. You know, we knew where our owner's priorities were. We knew they weren't Arsenal. So, you know, look at the other clubs now. So hopefully this could be an eye-opener for them as well. Any more news filtering through there? <laughs> There's a couple of pauses and I'm just waiting for you to make... It's just all, I mean, it's now breaking news that apparently all six are now withdrawing from the Super League. It's all been confirmed. All six have gone. It, I mean, this is from Fabrizio Romano, Sky Sports News, Charles... Like, this is all of them. Sky Sports News. They're all tweeting now that that's it. All six have gone. But as I said, and, you know, we keep saying, this is bigger than this. And I, I made a comment earlier when, you know, um, I went live with anything... Obviously, our channel and anything Arsenal. But yeah. one thing I can't stand is hypocrisy. And it comes from a lot of people. Um, UEFA and FIFA... For instance, they're trying to act like everyone's friend and they're, you know, oh, look, we've got your best interests at heart. No, you haven't. Because if you look at the new proposals for the Champions League, there's a bit in it that still don't sit right. I mean, I don't mind changing the concept. And I don't know if you remember back in the sort of late 90s and early noughties, there was actually two group stages before the knockout stage. And then it went to one group stage. So it's fine. It changes and you revamp it. That's not a problem. And now it's a group stage and you play 10 games. Not an issue. The bit that gets to me is, though, if you fail to qualify through your league, there are spots open for elite clubs. Well, I'm sorry, but you're basically doing the exact same thing as this ridiculous European Super League was trying to do. You're allowing it to stay open for the elite because you're too big. You can't miss out. So what are you telling the likes of West Ham that are trying to break the top four? Or Juventus that are nearly missing out on fourth place. They're currently sitting in fifth place in Italy. What are you telling these? Doesn't matter, guys. Finish fifth, sixth and seventh. We'll still get you in one way or another. You're part of the problem. FIFA, yeah. your next World Cup is in what? Qatar? Where it's, yeah. I believe, it's still illegal to be gay in this country. So, yeah. and, and people are still dying building these stadiums. So let's not try and take the moral high ground because you are still part of this problem. And Sky, sorry, but during a pandemic, you were charging £15 to watch games like West Brom versus Fulham. Now, no disrespect to these clubs, but no average fan... Average fan will watch the game, no problem. We're football fans. Yeah. 
When I'm not going to pay 15 pounds on top of the subscription you want me to pay month on month to pay 15 quid for West Brom Fulham and then a week later, 15 quid to watch Sheffield United versus Brighton. It's not going to happen. You are also part of the problem. And the biggest hypocrites for me at the moment are Chelsea fans. They have been loving Roman Abramovich since the day he took over, loving him splashing his cash, loving the fact they have bought their way to success, bought the league title, bought the Champions League, and they've been okay with it. They've stayed quiet. They've said nothing. All of a sudden, the other elite clubs join them on a level. Oh, hang on a minute. Now it's a problem. Now football needs to come together. Well, hang on a minute. You was okay being the bully boys for 10 years. Then Man City turned up. Oh, it's not really fair. Oh, you don't say, mate. You've doing it the last 10 years, buddies. So don't get on your fucking high holes now. I go, oh, look, we were the first club to go. Yo, you were the first club to sell yourselves out for a bit of money. Let's not forget that. You're yeah. the reason why we're in this position right now. Because you allowed it to happen. The owner came over, splashed the cash, and it showed other people, go, well, if they can do it, then we can do it. And then it started infiltrating your JW exactly. Henry's, your Glaziers, your, your Crom... So it, it just, I just, it, the, the hypocrisy from Chelsea fans, I'm like, are you joking? You've been okay with this for years. Yeah. Fair enough, there are some Chelsea fans, of course, that I'm not trying to tie them all, all with the same brush. But majority of them have been okay winning league titles on the back of this money. So you can't exactly. pick and choose when it's okay to suit you and it's not. And that was my biggest gripe today with, with them, particularly when they tried to go, oh, look at us being a classy club. No, hang on a minute. Let's go back in your lane. And also, Man United as well. Like Gary Neville made some great points on Sky last night. Of course he did. Listen, the, the man, yeah, yeah. Talks, he talks like a true football man and, and he gets it. He understands it. The bit that I can't grasp is he does realise that he was part of a team that refused to enter the FA Cup in 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 2000 because they wanted to enter the world club championship now this is the yeah. world's oldest cup competition and you are happy to not enter this so again yeah. gary neville i understand what you're saying but also remember that what your club stood for for when you played for them in the yeah. early 2000s so there are clubs that have again try take the more high ground now i think it's okay when it suited you in the past and I just think that some clubs need to sort of remember what they've done very recently as well. Definitely. Yeah. It, and, and look, um, like what you were saying there with the FA Cup, Liverpool did the same. Um, they prioritised the Club World Cup. Remember, they, they put out uh, a youth team against Aston Villa and got absolutely played off the park. And as you said, look, th there's, there's um, for me, growing up, uh, I guess I'm an older generation of Arsenal fan. And I don't think not Arsenal fans, but I think just younger fans maybe don't quite appreciate how prestigious for me growing up the FA Cup was and still is. I still hold the FA Cup in extremely high regard as I think everybody should. I don't think the younger generation quite understand that because of you know the way it's been treated by clubs nowadays. Like even Arsenal this season, you know, um, against Newcastle, we we didn't put out the uh, the, the strongest side and um, you know, it, it's kind of, it's become that now, you know, it, it's almost become a version of the Carabao Cup, which is, which is an awful shame because as you said, it's, it's the world's oldest cup competition. And for me, it's still a prestigious title. Um, I know, look, the grand scheme of things, 
it's not enough to only win it. I look at it as as it's the icing on the cake, you know, after a good league season. It's the icing on the cake to to take the FA Cup. But it but it's a great competition that is is starting to be devalued by the club. So yeah, clubs need to they need to sit back and look at themselves. Um, as you said there, Chelsea fans, like, where do you think this all stemmed from? You know, the Abramovich money came in and that's the tone then for other clubs to say, right, well, how are we going to compete with this? So that's how we ended up with, with our Man City now. And now we've our Man City and our Chelsea and, and there's other clubs going, right now, how do we compete with this? You know, billionaire owners are the way. And this is how Arsenal ended up with the, the devil that is Stan Kroenke. We thought, well, we need to compete now. Here's a billionaire who wants to buy us. He's going to help. Now, we, we, we managed to uh, we managed to find the only billionaire who hasn't got a penny. You know, it, it's absolute fucking madness. But yeah, look, we, we need to, as I, as I said earlier, we need to keep this going. Like, we, we can't just just sit here and think, right, this is done. You know, we've we've won now. We, we got what we wanted. Like, we need something more now. Now is the time for change. You know, now the momentum is, is building. There's been a slight power shift here tonight. You know, a slight power shift away from, you know, the, the money men and the owners and that. They didn't get what they want and they're so used to getting what they want every single time because money always talks it didn't today and, and finally you know it, it was a win for you know the the working class the the football fan you know the the people who are the essence of the game it's a victory for us you know for all of us involved but yeah as an arsenal fan from a personal point of view from an arsenal fan Cronky has to be next and i'm going to keep harping on about it because and I, I, I mean, I'm passionate about this. Kroenke has to be next and we cannot let up now. You know, we need to keep this going. He suffered a massive blow here tonight because obviously what he wanted was Arsenal in this Super League. And there's rumour going around that he was looking to get us in there so that we are at our most valuable and he can make a sale. But look, I'm sorry, you were offered, what, two billion by... Uh, than go to you know is that not enough for you i mean you're already worth billions like you don't you don't care look take the money and just fuck off you know what i mean give it to someone who who's a fan who has a bit of passion wants to see this this club succeed it's it's time we, we need to get this guy out we, we can't we can't do this any longer we've we, we sat around um, in mediocrity for too many years under this guy's ownership so yeah look i'm, I'm urging the fans you know y you might think like, who are we sitting here, you know, on, on a little YouTube channel? Um, you, you think you don't have a voice, but as I said, they're, they're strength in numbers. You know, everyone gets together. Suddenly, one voice becomes thousands of voices, and then you start being heard. So we have to, you know, we, we've got to keep the pressure up, you know. Um, I, I wish I could be over. I, unfortunately, I'm, I'm here in Ireland, and as soon as I get on a plane, I'll come over and I'll wave a few banners about, no problem. But, yeah, look, little things like that, you know, just... just I, Anyone that's uh, like, I commend the people that are out there and and they are protesting and hanging banner banners and stuff like that, you know. And like I say, keep up that energy and maybe someday the end goal we, we might get what we want and get this guy out of the club. But uh, yeah, Liam, it's um, look as uh, I guess as negative as this probably all sounds. This is coming from a, a place of positivity here tonight, definitely. So I, I, I'm actually quite upbeat now. This is, I think. I think for me, um, I'm sure you're feeling the same. This is uh, 
it's it's kind of a, a weight off the shoulders kind of a feeling. Yeah, because I gen- as I said yesterday, I, d- I just can't believe how disconnected I generally felt from my club, and I thought that it was almost like rest, you know, almost like laying to rest the club that I've invested so much of my time in. Well, my life obviously was is given, as I said to you the other day. You know, I'm only here in existence because of this football club. So for me, it was much more than just, you know, the badge you wear, the shirt you wear, the clothes you buy and all that. It's so much more than that. It's more than just football in general as well. You know, like I think I worked out, obviously I don't know the exact number of calls, but, you know, I worked out that I've roughly been to over 1,100 games in my life up and down the country. You know, the Champions League final in 2005, I was there when we lost to Barcelona and one of the, for me, I'll always say that it was the greatest memory I've ever had being an Arsenal fan, but also the worst memory because we lost the Champions League final, but I was at the final. So it's sort of a bit of sweet, really. You know, it was lovely to be there, but, you know, horrible ending to it. And, you know, you know, weekends away, you know, in um, hotels and, you know, piss ups all like up to Preston and Manchester on the coach, having a few beers. I mean, the best one ever was... I think when I went Swansea away with four, right, three of my mates, I think my first beer I cracked open at like five in the morning and I think I got back at midnight or something. like. But it was all about, it's not just the football, it's the camaraderie with it. The I mean, the, the chap, one of the FA Cup finals when um, Ramsey scored against Chelsea. Now, I was sitting with two of my pals and when Ramsey scored, I don't know what happened, but I ended up on the floor and like me and like five geezers are hugging. Now, two of the geezers I've never spoke to before in my life. I've never, I've never met them before. But yeah, I'm hugging them and basically kissing them on the forehead. I've never, I've, met, I've never met the geezers in my life. But it just gives you something that you've just never felt before. And as I said, you know, even with what's going on with the, you know, the ongoing pandemic and even prior to that, some people unfortunately have crap jobs they don't like. They have shit home lives, unfortunately, with whatever's going on. And people use it as a release. They use it as a getaway, you know, a, a, a claw to get away and feel normal for, for half a day or whatever it is. And these people are going to take that away from the working class people as if it's as if Arsenal Football Club and these clubs are just their toys, their puppets. When to us, this isn't a toy or a puppet. This is literally exactly. our life. Yeah. Literally yeah, it, it's, our it's life. not a game. It's not a game to us, you know. And all to them, it's, as I said, in the case of Stan Kroenke, we are... Um, like you said, we're we're a toy. We're we're something that he's he's using us just to to make money to fund his his actual passion. You know, his actual passion, which is in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. He must realize maybe he doesn't. But if he doesn't, he obviously just doesn't care enough to to do the homework and and realize how passionate people are. And as you said, how people are affected and. Like that's why I wanted to have you on, especially because, as you said, like, you have you a really cool background story. The fact that literally Arsenal is in your blood, as you said, that the reason you are here today is because of your parents meeting through Arsenal and that you know. So Arsenal literally gave life to you, you know, as it gives life to people in many different senses. Literally, in your case, it gave life to you. So like, it's an amazing story. Um, and me, look, I'm on the outside. Obviously, um, born and bred in Ireland, still still here in Ireland. Um, 
definitely don't get over as much as I as I would like to. I definitely will now. Once all this is is out of the way, because I made so many connections now with this uh, like YouTube channel and so many friends and that. So I'm absolutely buzzing. Not even for when I can see a match. That's just the bonus. But to get over and meet some of the great people, you know, that I've met through this channel, uh, and and the football will be a bonus as well on top. Um, but yeah, like. These guys don't realise, they don't realise the, the passion and, and how football, as crazy as it sounds, how football becomes such a big part of your life, you know, your, your day-to-day. Uh, like right now, we're living it, especially in the middle of this pandemic. Arsenal, as much as as much as much they make me crack up, Arsenal has kept me sane during this pandemic, during the lockdown. Um, you know, Arsenal, watching the football, you know, being at home, these are these are hard times for people you know it's not easy being locked up in the house the whole time it's this is you know they're getting a bit deep like touching on like mental health and stuff like that now but but to be honest as much as as much as arsenal is damaging for our mental health at the same time as i said it's what has kept me going and being able to do the likes of this you know meet people like yourself and, and some of the people that are, that are in the chat there um yeah it, it's kept me sane so it's it's more than just football, you know. And, and I know, like, people sit around and know everyone's misses probably saying, What are you getting so worked up about? It's only a game, you know. But when you really sit back and, you know, you look at it from these perspectives, it, it's so much more, you know, it's especially within the fan base. And, and it's a shame because our fan base at times is so divided. It's divided, but we all, we're all coming from a different place, um, different opinions. And it, it it creates a division, but I think we all we all have the same sort of we all want the same, you know. We've all got the same passion. We can't always agree, and that's why there's so many divides and clashes. But as I said, look, I've I've met some like amazing people, uh, amazing Arsenal fans out there, and and like that. It's like I said, it, it's so much more than than just a game. Look, it, it's a community, and that you know as well. So, uh, but yeah, look, what I'm gonna do is. If there's anybody interested there, you know, there's a couple of people in the chat. And I see we've a, we've a couple of the lads, a uh, few content creators out there. If anyone is interested in coming on and joining us here, even even if you want to give us you know five minutes, um, I'll throw a, a link up. You you can come on. Just just let us know. Let us know how you're feeling right now with the the fallout of of uh, the Super League. How you're feeling towards Stan Kroenke, the ownership. Um, whatever you're feeling right now, uh, preferably Arsenal related, whatever you're feeling, come on and, and let us know. So what I'll do is I, I will uh, I'll add a link into the chat there. So uh, yeah, please do do join us because yeah, like there's there's a, I think a lot of emotion running here tonight, Liam. So uh, it'd be good. It'd be good to hear from people. Massively, we need to. And, and like, do you know what? I want to go back on what you said there and maybe explain to people what you've said about. You know, my mum and dad, you know, my dad, just like you, was born and raised in Ireland. Um, you know, that's where he's originally from, you know, he's from Waterford. Um, and at the age of, you know, 19, 18, you know, 18, 19, he was coming over sort of once a month to watch Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and he was obviously working. And then he managed to sort of find work in London. And he thought, well, we would be passion for Arsenal and, you know, no respect, but the better job opportunities over here than it was there at the time. He made the trip over here and I think he moved here when he was 22 um, and that was it. He then sort of went Arsenal every single week. Him and my mum met in the Arsenal Supporters Club in 1987. I believe we played Norwich at home. I think we won 4-0 or something or 2-0 or something like that. Uh, they met in the Supporters Club. 
And then from that moment, um, every single week, there's a, there's a coach that leads a sports club that goes to away games. And they used to get on that coat together, obviously with many, many other people. And my mum and dad obviously just got talking one day, the Norwich game in particular, struck up a bit of a friendship, you know, obviously led from there. In 1989, I've always said that, you know, when we won the league at Anfield, um, my mum and dad were both at the game together. And my mum was actually six months pregnant with me at the time, but still managed to go to the game at Anfield. So in my eyes, I was still there. Even though I won't have seen the game, I was still there at the Anfield game. Take so me, you were there. <laughs> what, oh, 100%, I, I'm taking that, all right? I, I'm, I'm running with it. But that's what I mean when you say that. Look, like, literally, Arsenal has given me existence. Like, I can't say more than that. My mum and dad met in the Arsenal Supports Club. Uh, for me, that's how much this club means to me, and that's it, really. Yeah, as I said, it's literally in your blood. And uh, we, we've got someone here with us. We've got, uh, we got Dan from the Sideline Talk podcast. Dan, how are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Um, I'm just going to jump on briefly because, I mean, yeah, it's of such a topic. Bit of relief as well. Obviously, we were going over it yesterday for quite some time. Um, but, yeah, I think I think once once we saw, like, the sort of club start to go on about it, I think that was when we all really got a little bit more excited because I don't know about you boys, but within, like, I think all day I've refreshed my Twitter more than I've ever done in my life. And I was just thinking, how much of this can you actually believe? Like, yeah. there was talks of sitting in Chelsea, and then all of a sudden, all 12 clubs were leaving. So I thought, no, this is too good to be true, you know. Um, but I'll be interested to see what happens in the next 24 hours. Now it's official. I think yeah. there's obviously rumours that UEFA paid the clubs to leave. I don't really see how that's going to benefit them, because... It could just happen again. I'm not saying it will, but there needs to be some sort. I know Gary Neville mentioned earlier that these clubs should be fined for even trying to do it. I sort of echo that in my opinion because you need to sort of show some fight. And yeah, it's a relief that they've stayed around. But what happens if all these look at all these resignations you're seeing now? This is just the beginning. What happens if someone else comes in next year and you know he's a money grabber and he just thinks, oh, I want to do this? And someone yeah. tries to change the game. I know. Um, I know that uh, Liam was just touching on it, saying that oh, um, how it happened in two thousand with Man United. We can see it easily happen again. Liverpool yeah. played in the Club World Cup the other year. Someone might just say, "Oh, I want to play in the Club World Cup, but I don't want to play in the League Cup." So I'm just gonna, you know, I'm not gonna do it. I think they need to start showing some grit in these organisations, otherwise they won't be taken seriously. And the way I see it, if they've paid them to leave the Super League, how much of what they were saying two days ago when they were going to, you know, kick players out of national and stuff, how much of it yeah. did they mean? It's, I mean, it's all over now. It's all good and gravy, but it makes, sort of makes the last 72 hours a bit of a myth, really, because if it turns out they weren't going to do all that, it could have all gone ahead in the first place. The only thing that would have happened, it would have just suffered the players because they'd have been knackered playing all this football. Yeah, um, it, it would have been far too much. So we spoke about that yesterday, Dan. It, it, it just would have been far too much on the players. Like the the season is long enough as it is. Like you, you see, this is why clubs are rotating in the likes of um, the Carabao and, and even now, as far as the FA Cup, you know, they're rotating their squads. And especially if you've got European football, should they're rotating in the Europa League? They're using the group stages of the Europa League. So mm -hmm. to to add this kind of a competition as well as, as i was saying 
that was just going to water down the Premier League where they allowed stay because you're going to get to a, a stage where, like that, you're, you're playing Barcelona in the New Camp on a Wednesday night and, and you're playing Fulham, you know, at the Emirates on a Sunday. You know, the under-23s are going to be getting a run out on a Sunday and it completely devalues the, the product of the Premier League and, and the Premier League weren't going to stand for that. That wasn't going yeah. to happen because they're not going to take a back seat and say, you know, we want you paying your your subscription, whatever. Some people are paying 150 quid a month for this Premier League subscription to watch, um, you know, two under-23s. Like, say, Arsenal playing Man City and Super Sunday, and they're both sticking out the under-23 teams because, you know, one is playing Real Madrid next week and one's playing Barcelona. You know, yeah, it's, it, it, it's not going to work. And it's like we said about the transfer window as well. Like, this summer, realistically, we were going to supposedly get rid of our Deadwood and bring new ones in. So we wouldn't yeah. even have that much depth. I mean, you can only sell so many players. Like you were talking about football manager yesterday. It's not going to be a football manager situation. We've got to be realistic here. We'll probably sell two, three of the six players we need to and bring two in. So we wouldn't be in any sort of position to play any extra football. But I'm, I'm sort of, um, I think it's it's like everyone's been saying, you, you're going to have to forgive eventually, but... This yeah. is never going to be forgotten, not just from Cronker's point of view. The players, we only saw Hector Bellerin speak out about it. You've just seen Liverpool, near enough their entire squad has just come out. And I think that just shows you the sort of difference between them and us. And I'm not yeah. digging at the players at all, but I was just embarrassed today to see absolutely everyone come out and speak. And then Hector Bellerin, we know he's going potentially this summer he's probably going to be one of those players leaving so maybe yeah. that had something to do with the reason why he spoke out but we all know what he is as a person as well he's got a great personality which is yeah. a bit of a shame we saw what happened with Aubameyang he seemed to kick off at the fans because they didn't let him have a speak of something else he's our mm -hmm. captain for god's sake of course people are going to expect him to come out and lead especially at a time when if you're going to be on them social medias you're probably going to be expected to sort of say something on behalf of the team at least, even if you just say, I can't give a comment or we cannot speak any further of this at the moment, we all feel how you feel or we know what you're going through. Something along those lines. So I've, I've got no real sympathy there. I know he's got malaria and I hope he gets better soon, but I, I was not surprised that if you do, I think it was something to do with gaming or something, it was only up briefly. I think he tweeted something that was near enough nothing to do with the topic yeah. what you i'm not being funny he's earning 280 grand a week he's the captain <laughs> exactly well look, this kind of sums up his um his kind of leadership that we've, mm. we've spoken about all season um but i suppose just kind of going off of that i think i think it's important as you said look people will get over it and we will learn to forgive but i think it's important that people you know they sit back and they they do realize this is not this is not Mikel Arteta. This is not the players, you know, and this goes for all clubs, you know. This wasn't Thomas Tuchel's decision. This wasn't Pep Guardiola's decision. So this is this is the owners, you know, and again, this is this is bringing it back to like an Arsenal perspective. This is what we've been saying all along. The owner at this club is the problem and has been the major, major problem. There, there's a lot of issues, a lot of issues at the club, a lot of things need fixing, but the issue has always been the owner and uh, again i think it's just important that people do like they, they're getting frustrated um at obamiang and that but yeah look obamiang's not the problem you know obamiang no. was nothing to do the owner with is, I, i'd be interested to see how long it takes for him to leave because we've seen um woodward did it today yeah at united so 
the way I see it, that's just a small piece of what's about to happen because I don't see how you can sit and do your job every day knowing you've just been completely outdone by fans. Your fans are calling you out. I know a lot of fans have been on Grunko's back for a long time. I'm not particularly one of them. I usually just look at the football in the field and players on the field and as long as that sort of as long as we've got good enough players there, majority of the time I say it's, you know, within the leadership is within that dressing room. But for me, the decision he's made in the last seventy two hours was just far too I think it's just too too embarrassing and it's a nail in the coffin. Yeah, I, I've had problems with him, but at the end of the day, you know, we we were getting players we wanted to know. We touched on this before. We we spent money on Pepe, etc. We bought party, so you know, I was sort of getting a little bit happier. But now, it's sort of just twisted my head again, where I'm just ready to roar like most fans. I know they're obviously doing these protests, but I yeah. wouldn't be surprised come Thursday afternoon if something has gone on because it it just can't. He can't. It's just too embarrassing. Um, no, no matter who you are, even if it's Conkay or anyone in La Liga, I don't see yeah. how you can be that sort of person. Do you know what I? Do you know what I worry about a little bit now? Um, yeah, our, our owners they they tend not to need too much of an excuse not to be spending money, and I think the pandemic and COVID and all that was the perfect excuse not to be spending a couple of quid. Um, I I I fear a little bit now that if he decides not to sell up, which it's very likely, it is very, very likely he, he still won't. Um, if he does decide to stay, does this just give him another opportunity to turn around and say, well, look, I was trying to get you a couple of quid to spend and you didn't want it. You know, do you think this is a chance for Kroenke to to reverse it on the fans no. and sort of say, you know, I was getting you as a guaranteed 300 million and you said no. How much of that would we have seen? I don't even think we'd have barely seen any of it. It would have gone towards the players because they're playing like different kettle of football. Uh, they've yeah. obviously got to pay for more travel. No, I don't believe we'd have seen most of that. Maybe sign one or two good players, but I don't even know who'd have wanted to come to the club. Yeah, that's the thing. That is the thing. Uh, what about you, Liam? What are you thinking? Do, do you think this has given him a 100%. bit more? Hundred percent. He can hide behind now, can't he? Like you said, we, we we're not one for spending money anyway. Their excuse was obviously because they were out of pocket due to the pandemic, and obviously it makes a mockery of everything because you, you might be out of pocket in the fact of you're not making as much, but you're not skin. You're not needing the money. You're still a billionaire, mate, and you had the cheek to lay off. 55 staff members while then agreeing this massive multi-million pound deal like the geezer's an absolute joke and he, he, he's what I, I class as a cancer to the game he, he, he has nothing to do with football in him he doesn't care about football he never will you know the fact that they're trying to or they were trying to do this ridiculous idea of an effectively a non-competitive league. And I don't know if you saw David Seaman when he spoke on Sky Sports News about it. He hit the nail on the head. If you lose your first four games in the Premier League, right, you're then sort of fighting relegation. So there's something to to fight for and, uh, and build on. If you lose your first four games in the Super League and you can't win it, then you've got nothing to play for. So then you're just playing a glorified friendly every other week against Barca, Madrid, United. What an absolute waste of time. But yeah, yeah we know he doesn't want to spend the money anyway. We've been saying for ages that it's a big summer for Mikel Arteta because of the season that we've happened and mm. and a lot of obviously you know different situations. And we've always worried 
will he give him the money? Will he give him the money? And then he's saying that he needs this because he's not. A, so cool. It, it, it's something to hide behind that makes him go, as you say, well, I was trying to get you the money. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. But I just think that if the fans and the clubs and the football community can have this much power to disband these 12 billionaires basically getting together and we really have basically split up this, I mean, this unique circle of money. Why can't we get, you know, why can't we hound this man out of our club? You know, I think that we can, but like you say, this, this that, the same energy, like you say, every yes. single day now. And I, I can only, I can only personally look at Cholton as an example, for instance, you know, local club to me, um, I know many, many friends that are Charlton fans and they've gone through many, many owners and some that have ended up having no money. And again, this falls on the FA, by the way, not doing their due diligence properly of the right owner, like the Birmingham owner manager recently yeah. went to prison. Like, what are the FA actually doing? Are they doing real checks or are they just seeing this bank statement that has all these, you know, zeros at the end going, oh, yeah, we'll have some of you in England. But how are you getting the money? And I, I said, you know, earlier on stream that my job is to do with foreign currency. Now, if someone wants to buy a house abroad and they're buying it for 200000 I then have to ask that client, where's your source of funds? Now, they have to show me whether it's inheritance, whether it's from selling a property, whatever. They have to show me where them funds have come from. I don't think that's happening with the FA. They're seeing all these lovely zeros going, oh, yeah. And that's all they care about. Dollar signs ringing in their eyes, not actually going, well, hang on a minute. How have you come to acquire this money? Where does it come from? Is it legit? What? And they don't care enough. And that's why teams like Cholton have nearly gone. Bolton have nearly yeah. gone. Berry have gone. You know, yeah. We were shitting ourselves about us not going, but playing this competition that we had no care about in the world. And yet there's actual fans out there that have actually lost their club. I yeah. know try to imagine what they're going through as fans well that's it look that doesn't that really puts into perspective we're here sitting around um worried about how much money we're going to have to spend in the summer how, how many million we're going to get for you know a, a new right back for example and like that you've other clubs who were looking at the likes of this uh, this new model and kind of going well how is that money going to trickle down to us to, to keep us in existence you know, and, and that's the difference. Um, just give it a shout out. There's a, a couple of new people in the chats there. So a big shout out. Thanks for joining. Don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe if you haven't already. And as I said, look, the, the line is open. If anybody would like to, to join in, they can even come on two, three minutes, whatever. Come in and be interested to hear what, what you I'm think gonna, um, this. I'm, Yeah, I'm then, then hit, hit the hay. But yeah, on terms of what Liam just said, I have to completely agree. Um, it, the world's just become a bit of commodity um, yeah. in football. It's really, it's really sad to see, but this has shown it in the last seventy-two hours that it is just commodity. And I feel sorry for the players out there, Play, people like Jordan Henderson today, and um, I yeah. mean players like Declan Rice and Jack Grealish, who we spoke of the other day, because it would have affected them massively. You know, they're friends of these people, and even though they're not involved. It's kind of like, okay, you're at Aston Villa, you're at West Ham, but at some point you want to go to these clubs. They might not have ever had the opportunity because if it would have all fell apart, it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? When what could have happened if that would have happened if it did? Yeah. Not it's not such a um such a paradise life really because like like you said, if you're playing Barcelona every week, it's not really something that gets so exciting. 
Uh, we haven't played like Bayern Munich in years. I mean, yeah, we used to get embarrassed by them. But even if we were winning them, if we were playing them every week, it's not as it's, it wouldn't really be any satisfied to me whatsoever. Yeah, well, like you know, it, it does. Sorry for interrupting you, Dan, but look, it, it it kills the excitement of this European competition. You know, this is kind mm. of what we look forward to, isn't it? You, you look forward to, um, you, you look forward to these fixtures. I think was it Ian Roy? I think I was listening to yesterday. He said, you know what? He played AC Milan twice in his career, and he was absolutely buzzing for it. Now, if you're playing them four times a season. Suddenly, it's it's not that special a fixture anymore, you know. Because like players look forward to this. Like you imagine that that West Ham team now, what they're fighting for in the Premier League this season. They are fighting for the right to be in a competition next season to to play against the best teams in the world. You know, the Real Madrids, the Barcelonas, AC Milan, Juventus, whoever. And, and then you're you're suddenly gonna say, oh no, it's actually you know what? Don't worry about it. Sure, look, we're we're all gonna jump into this competition. Should we play each other four times a year anyway? And then for next season, we do it again and we do it again. They, they were looking at signing a deal for twenty three years for this league, you know. Yeah. And and as I said, it, it felt to me um, this was the type of thing I used to do back back in the day when I used to play football manager religiously. Um, you get on the editor. And you would create a, a European league and you would be putting all the best teams. You would take your Real Madrid, your Barcelona, your Arsenal, you know, whoever. You, you'd throw them all in this league and you'd play for a bit of fun. So that's what I mean. To me, it felt like this is like a real-life football manager like, going like on. Like MLS, here. isn't it? Like in MLS, yeah. that's what they do. You, you pay to be in a league. It sounds disgusting to me. But, um yeah, I better go because I have a feeling people are going to jump in. But cheers for having, cheers for letting me come on, mate. I just wanted to give my little bit. Yeah, no worries. Uh, do you want to give yourself a shout out there? Then uh, let people know about the uh, about the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. So sideline talk pod. We're on all the podcast channels and YouTube channel. Um, I've been on and quite a few, and we'll probably be collabing quite a bit. We collabed yesterday on my own, but yeah, always a pleasure to be on. Yeah, look, great to have you as always, Dan. Really appreciate mate, you coming nice on. Nice to meet you, by the way. Take care, mate. All the best. Cheers. Yeah, cheers then. Yeah, so that was Dan, a big shout out of Dan, Sideline Talk Podcast. And as I said, look, the, the lines are open if anybody wants to join in. I think uh, I think we've Gav Mack joining in a couple of minutes. He just messaged me there. So if anybody would like to jump in, you know, two, three minutes, five minutes, whatever, uh, let us know how you're feeling because it's, um, yeah, Liam, it's, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? A lot of emotion, um, it, especially with the, the, the build-up to this over the last couple of days, it's... It's from one extreme to the other. I mean, honestly, I've never... As football goes, I mean, this literally has been the craziest full shape hours I've ever known. It's just... I don't understand. Did they really think that we were just going to go, yeah, OK, yeah, we'll just accept it. We'll just... really like you know, I made a joke earlier on our, on our um, page and I wasn't actually joking in a way that, you know, like the government have shut our pubs because of COVID and... We know we don't we don't like it, but we accept why it's happening. But you take our football away from us, and you see a complete different animal coming out. Like take our pubs, take what it don't take our football away. Like that's one thing that you just can't do. You know it means, as you said, too much to so many for for many different reasons. You know it isn't a toy for us. This is real life, and I'd hope as well though on the back of this that the FA take a good look at themselves and take the chance to maybe revamp how we operate. And 
you know, this could be a blessing in disguise because it's made us realise that there is clearly so much wrong with football. We've stopped this from happening, so we carry on with at least what we know. But actually, it could be a voice for us to go, well, hang on a minute, more need to change. I.e., like I said about, you know, deeper checks need to be done to who these owners are coming in. Um, you know, going back to FA Cup as well, I remember one year that the FA Cup final was on at like half five or something and we were playing Norwich at three o'clock on a, on a Saturday. We shouldn't be playing a Premier League game the same day as the FA Cup final. The FA Cup final should be its own day. The whole build-up about that one game. Bring back the history and the tradition and the class, the three words apparently Arsenal stand for. But also, then three things also contribute to the FA Cup. Bring back what the FA Cup means to the people of England and how much this means to us as a country and make us proud that we've got the world's oldest cup competition and let people know what it really is about. I've yeah. just come in 100%. just at the right time for that. Yeah, like, Gav, Gav, oh, you joined at the right you. time here. What's up, Gav? Oh, look, look, looking good here, Gav, with the, with the shades and the hat. Yeah, what it is, it's just like, you know, it's been a it's been an emotional 48 hours, isn't it? Let's be real. But um, on the FA Cup, man, I remember like waking up at half eight, having my breakfast. The programme starts at nine o'clock in the morning, man. Nine o'clock in the morning. And it's all, the, like, every show is like literally gravitating around the FA Cup and you're watching the buses go down like the coaches go down Wembley Way and you're interviewing the fans and I'm even talking about it, raising the hairs on the back of my neck I actually tried to start a, uh, start a petition to, to, to get it back and it got thrown up because it, it didn't mean anything I was like freaking means everything to me it means everything yeah. to me the that's FA what we were Cup, only talking about that earlier it about doesn't the, matter who's in it the FA Cup yeah I watched every I watched every FA Cup final since 1993 do, do you reckon one. though, Gav, uh, like, like myself and Liam were saying, um, slightly older generation, I think we we take it, we, we add a bit more value to it because it was that was our cup growing up, you know what I mean? That That's why you used to get excited about it. I don't think the, the younger generation have that same appreciation because everything is like that. It's money now and it's Champions League and it's it's the thoughts of a Super League where you're you're almost turning your back now on these, these cup competitions. Yeah, but it's not the younger guy's fault that it's been taken away from us. You know, because I was a young kid then, you know, and my parents were young kids prior to that and and so on and so forth. It's got, it goes for like by generation by generation, as Liam said, like, you know, it's the oldest cup competition in the world, in the world. You know, that should be glorified. Don't be moving it to R5 and, <laughs> you know, having an idea of moving it to a Wednesday and things like that, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, a special occasion. And the, and the semi-final shouldn't be at Wembley either. I was just take, about to bring that up. Yeah. Oh, take, take that back. God. Take take the semi-finals back to yeah. Villa Park and Old Trafford. And if those teams are, are competing in it as well, move it somewhere else. Move it somewhere centrally, so then fans can have an opportunity to go there as well. Well, I worked out the other week, right? And funny enough, this is mad because of the FA Cup semi-final, because of where it was. I worked out the other day that I've been to Old Trafford eight times, but mm. only once for Arsenal, Man United. The other seven have been semi-finals. Yeah. <laughs> and you think, I, I, I went to, and I think um, went with the year we went, on, um, we went unbeaten, I went to Villa Park when we played United in that one. And I mm. loved it. I loved the idea of this because, like you say, you knew what the FA Cup meant, so you knew that you were going to Villa Park or Old Trafford for a semi-final. And then, yeah. oh my God, now we've in the final. Now, as the teacher said yesterday at Leeds, you have 
to earn it. Earn it. Include the earn final. It. You earn your right. And where got the grade as well? Allowing us to play Champions League games at Wembley. Tottenham playing there for two years. So then every club's then played Wembley. No. no. Earn your right. Yeah. You're not just getting the goal given, oh, could you play Tottenham in the league? We now get to play there because they're... No. You have to earn it. It's our national state. It's our, it's our absolute treasure. Yeah. Please take more care of it. It's Wembley Stadium. You have to be picked for England to play there. You have to get to cup finals to play. They're not, oh, we're just West Brom playing against Tottenham in the league. What? Yeah. yeah well, that, that's they, they've taken the kind of, uh, like, it used to be sacred, you know, like, this was uh, the, the home of football. And even me being Irish, I, I grew up with that appreciation of, you know, Wembley was the home of football. And this was, uh, the end goal was to get to Wembley. You know, even, even I grew up with that. But uh, I guess it's slightly taking it back to kind of what's what's going on, the the fallout of of, of everything. Gav, I want to get your your feeling. Like, uh, how how are you feeling now? With uh, it looks like this has gone bust the Super League, and uh, how are you feeling now with with Stan Kroenke and and everything else going on? Well, any Arsenal fan that backs Stan Kroenke, as far as I'm concerned, isn't an Arsenal fan. Straight up as that, it's like. I look at you know, I've just been on the football dugout channel, um, talking about all of this. I was on there yesterday as well. I think I've been on there more recently than I've been on my own channels. Ridiculous. Um, and then I was on yours. On the, yeah, was it Friday? <laughs> but it, thing is, on Friday we didn't even know. We didn't even know. We had yeah. no idea. And exactly. it was just before I started my show on two at top. Literally about half hour before we started, it was like, "What's this European Super League about? Oh, what's going on?" And then. All of a sudden, this is all happening. Football's yeah. tainted now, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take a long time for it to go back to some form of normality. You know, hey, do you know, do you know what, Gab, for... actually? Do you know what, Gab? I, I actually thought of you the other day when all this broke and, and all this, you know, the breakaway of the Premier League and the clubs moving away. And, and I thought back to the first time I spoke to you and you'd said to me, from next season... I'm taking a step back from the Premier League. I'm still going to follow Arsenal and check up on Arsenal. But Bundesliga was what you were going to be focusing yeah, more I'll champion so on. Bundesliga anyway. I've got, and, got, I can't say anything bad about the Bundesliga at all. But you know what? I said to myself, you know what? Maybe you're right. Because if you look at the Bundesliga model, the way the clubs are run, uh, I think it's 50.1% of the club has to be owned by the fans or thereabouts. Yeah. And th- this is the way it should be. You know, this is why, you know, Bayern Munich and Dortmund and that weren't able to get involved with this you know as much as maybe they would have liked it i don't know maybe they would maybe they wouldn't but the fans weren't going to allow it and, and that's how it should be you know at least the bundesliga has that um you know the fans have some say the, the yeah. fans mean something in the bundesliga even you could see with ticket prices if you remember um the Bayern munich fans came over and staged a protest at the emirates about the tickets for Bayern Munich. Now, I think that was when they beat us. Was it 8-2 on aggregate? Yeah. And they were complaining about the it's price of tickets. And we were like, we're paying more. And you just spanked us 8-2. We have to watch this shit. Yeah. We're paying double what you're paying. And you're giving out about it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, I I lived in Germany for a bit. And um, even before and after I've lived in Germany, I've gone out there to go watch games. Because I, I love Bundesliga football. And the fact that I could go... When I lived in Berlin, I'll go watch Union Berlin when they're in the Zweite Bundesliga second division um, and pay 10 euros for my ticket. And then go watch Hertha Berlin 
um, and pay 15 euros for a ticket and pay four euros for a stein. And, you know, a euro or two for a pretzel. And then when I leave, you know, I'll go buy, um, buy some kebab, buy a kebab and that costs three, three and a half euros. I'm having a wonderful time going to a like, major club and I'm paying four euros beer in there. It's like, it's next to nothing if you think about it in the grand scheme of it. So look after their people. Don't get me wrong. When you're working out there, they do take like 40% tax, but they sort of like, it's almost like you, they, they pay you back by making sure that things are of a decent price. You know, over here, like, I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan that lives in Northampton, right? So North, like a, a train for me, um, to get to know, to get to London and back, return thirty odd quid. You know, and then I'm paying forty quid for my Arsenal ticket. Then I'm paying six quid a pint and eight quid for a burger. But in Northampton, to be fair, this like, this where like it's not just an Arsenal thing. It's it's a, it's um certain clubs have got the whole thing wrong because I wouldn't t- I wouldn't be like I'm just going to go watch Cobblers this week. Twenty five quid to go watch Cobblers. Twenty five pounds, and they're languishing at the bottom of League One. And they were charging that sort of price in League Two, when they were almost getting kicked out of the Football League. Mm-hmm. You know, it's ridiculous. It, you can't. You, it's not sustainable. I mean, like I'm, I'm sort like this whole Super League thing. Yeah, I said that from a business point of view, it's a fantastic idea. And anyone who thinks any any business owner or anyone who has owned a business or has been in a management position should be able to understand and see the reasons behind it. Whether you like it or not, like myself, is a different story. I don't like it. I can't stand the idea of my club being diluted in the in the world population when, you know, I'm, I, say, I'm, I travel down from Northampton, so it's a good 60, 70 miles away. But I know people that live literally a stone's throw away from the ground. They're getting edged out by it as well. Do you know what I mean? So I was saying on dugout that, if this was still happening and what was going on, just turn your back. You've got to turn your back and use uh, and use your voice and use your feet to go back. So club, like fans of Arsenal, um, Man United, um, Chelsea, all, all the all the all the the, the, the six that are, that are going to be involved in it, turn your back on them. People in Merseyside, go watch Tranmere, go watch Wigan, go watch Blackburn because it's not far. Go watch Preston. And the Arsenal fans that are local, go watch Boreham Wood. Go, go to Barnet. You know, if you're if you're from Manchester, go to the when Berry get restarted. Go to Berry. Yeah, exactly. Look, that's you know, it. Start, start that. pumping the and money into the clubs yeah. that need it. Yeah. Exactly, and I think that it might end up if 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 the fans are as loud as they are on Twitter yeah. and on Facebook as they are in real life, then. Yeah. Football as a whole will probably benefit financially because these people, if they stick by their word, mm-hmm. will turn their back on these big clubs. Um, even even fans that uh, like I was on, I was listening to Four Max One Toffee uh, earlier on today as well. They had a very emotionally emotionally charged um, podcast yesterday because yeah. it was still like super fresh. They recorded that at like mm-hmm. eight o'clock, so it was all all freaking happening at that same time. And by the name, four Manx, one Toffee, four Man United fans, one Everton fan. And the Everton fan was like, I don't want this either. I don't want to be known as the best of the rest or like the worst ones that are left over. Like if we were to, if we, if it was to stay like this and like whoever's going to get inducted in, the other six had left and Everton won the title, that wouldn't feel like we've won anything. 
And that's that says it all, doesn't it? No one wants to win it under almost it. Yeah. winning it under tenses. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. You know, you want you want to do a Leicester. You want to actually yeah. have yeah. a fairy tale and actually go, wow, you've yeah. done it yeah. the right way. The way that people can commend you and go, that was superb. Not oh yeah, like you say, well done. The best of the red. Like, yeah. like I, mean, I don't know if you've seen today. Like um, Wolves changed their Twitter handle. Yes, Premier League champion seventeen eighteen, and then Southampton tweet him going, "Congratulations from the two thousand and fourteen fifteen champions." And it's great to see all these fans. And by the way, I just got to bring up something here. This to me sums up everything you need to know. Now, this isn't coming from certain people. Obviously, Arsenal have set you know sent out an open letter to the fans. And yeah, do you know what I'm gonna? I'm gonna throw the letter up on screen. Okay. So when, when you're fin- no, you you work away, and then when you're so done, I, I'll fire For starters, in their tweet, they're the only ones to say sorry. For starters, yeah. not that it helps, but it's it's a start, and it's Sparks, a bit, yeah. you know, last few days you're showing us the depth of the Phoenix supporters around the world and the love for the game, and we need reminding of this response. And it was never intended to cause such distress. However, the invitation was good, and no guarantees. And, and the result of listening to you and the wider community over recent days, we're now withdrawing, and you know, a fairly decent long letter and here we now have it jw henry's fantastic letter to the liverpool supporters oh my god here we go this is fantastic ready liberal football club can confirm that our involvement in proposed plans to form a european super league has been discontinued in recent days the club has received present representations from various key stakeholders both internally and externally and would like to thank them for their valuable contributions yeah that's it that's uh, literally you, their statement i mean have, have, you, have you heard the spurs one have they even got one? Yeah, Daniel Levy <laughs> wrote one. Daniel oh, they Levy got more apology letters sounds, than trophies. It literally sounds like he was writing that angrily and he broke his pen about 10 times writing it. Like, <laughs> he's, he's got no remorse. And like, you know what? This is, the, this is the thing. This whole thing has actually brought fans together yeah. of rival fans. Man United and Liverpool fans have been arm in arm pretty much about this. Arsenal and Spurs fans, whether you like to hear it or not, have been drawn together by this because I I I, yeah. I know of two people that were oh no, I know one person who welcomed the idea, and I know one person who is staunchly for the idea, and yeah. that is it. But I'm still confused as to though why those two are even you know entertaining the idea. I think it's I think it's disgusting. Honestly, football has left the most disgusting, bitter, sour taste in my mouth yeah. that I will never forget what has happened over the last 48 hours. And it's almost unforgivable. And it makes me wonder, what do I do with my club? Do I, yeah. like, how, how can I? Because it's not, it's not the gaffer's fault. It's not the player's mm-hmm. fault. In fact, Arteta knew absolutely jack all about it. They interviewed him on yeah. Monday morning, 100%. and they were, it was like, "Well, this is the first I've just heard about it." Yeah, they 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 have they they're having um because like obviously um Chelsea played today, so they had the pre uh, you know the pre like the day before they have the um uh, press conference. They started hammering two call questions, and two calls like. He had no well, clue. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't really know what's going on, so I could barely comment on it. But like, yeah. what I'm going to do, I, I, all I know is that I'm the manager of this club. And then Jurgen Klopp last night, I think he got, I think he got the wrong end of the stick. I think mm-hmm. he thought that um, Gary Neville was trying to dig him out or something. Yeah. Gary Neville's in support of him, and like Gary, he even turned around and said, "I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa." 
<laughs> Obviously, he's a bit salty after after like throwing away two um, two points at the end of that mm. game. But I'm I'm with. I don't think he understands what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm with him, and I stand there and support him, and we need to do something about it. And what I'm, what I don't like is everyone banging on about. Sky being like, oh well, Sky did the same thing with the Premier League. Well, I'm sorry if you play amateur football on a Saturday afternoon, there is nothing stopping that club getting from where they are on Hackney Marshes or the racecourse in Northampton or wherever getting to the Premier League. Mm-hmm. There's there's literally there's no there's no laws stopping them getting there. Yeah. Whereas the European Super League is an elitist group that is for these guys and these guys only. When mm. they first mooted the idea, literally 48 hours ago, they had such a backlash straight away. It was like they regurgitated what they were what they were going through and then just like, you know, offered it in a different way by saying, Oh no, 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 we're gonna let we're gonna let a couple more teams in and they could come in and dip out, you know, like relegate. You never wanted that. You're trying no. to do that to try and appease fans. Fuck you off. Know what, man. Like, what, what way what way they were even gonna work that I don't know, right? Because there was supposed to be what there was 12 founding members that they wanted to become 15 founding members. And as you said, there was going to be five clubs that dip in and dip out. They they were looking to expel these 15 clubs from their domestic leagues. What happens to the, the clubs that dip in and dip out for a season? Are, are you risking expulsion for the sake of dipping out for, dipping out for a season? Because and in the UK, when you come back, in, in you England, know. yeah, if you were to leave and you are you wanting to come back, you have to start again from the national league. Exactly, but you, you can't. You can't like leave. The, but that's what the that's, that's what that's what the Premier League have said, and the Football League have said. The National mm-hmm. League are like, "Fuck off! You ain't coming in here." Yeah, exactly. Well, why should they come in and take someone else's spot? Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, got- I mean, you chose you chose to leave. You know, what I mean, this was on you. So, the whole thing, although it was it was gathering the traction and the wheels were in motion, the clubs were saying everything. They all came out together and you sort of said, Jesus, this is actually, this is happening. At the same time, you sat there and said, you know what? It just feels like at times it can't. There's just too much. And mm. you know what? It, it's making me wonder now, um, like some people have said, um, potentially there has been some kind of offer made financially by UEFA and FIFA yeah. or whoever involved to to the clubs. And, and it makes you sit back and say, now, was this part of the plan to get, something more that they weren't getting you know i guess sometimes if you have a standoff um let's say with an employer or something you're looking for a pay rise and you know you're you're offering all sorts you know well look i've done this and i've done this and i'm here this amount of the years and you know you know you you, you want a bit of value for for your contribution and, and you're getting nothing and it gets to mm-hmm. the point where you go okay look there's my two weeks notice i'm off and suddenly okay actually how much did you want there's your extra 10 cent an hour you know what i mean like and potentially this could be part of the plan the grand scheme of things that they thought maybe we call their bluff a little bit maybe they were absolutely not biting on whatever negotiations they had and they said right how are they going to say no to 12 of us you know 12 of the super clubs how are they going to say no to that at the end of the day look the premier league is a cash cow there's how many financial irregularities are going on with these clubs that are in Italy and Spain at the moment? You know, in Spain, like you've got Barcelona. Barcelona are globally one of the biggest clubs. You know, I would say they're in the top three biggest clubs of all time. 
of all time, I should say, of 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 latter day, they've got no money. They can't afford to give Messi a new contract. They haven't even paid Liverpool for the whole fee for for Coutinho. He left four years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like they've got no money. So they need they need clubs like the Premier League like from the Premier League in order to help them. They're thinking, oh yeah, what we'll do, we'll get everyone together and everyone can benefit from it. But the English mm. clubs pull out, they've got no head to stand on. Yeah, exactly. And and you know what, this is something uh, kind of touching on what Liam said earlier about some of the English clubs taking the moral high ground. And and I said this as well when I'd heard that it was Man City first of all had come out and said, right, look, we're we're out. You know, you just do what you want to do. We're out. We're 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 going to be the heroes here. And then Chelsea decided they were going to follow. They were the two clubs, the two clubs that did not need a penny. Well, the two they clubs are, that yeah, they're not going to be doing it for financial gain. You know, exactly. Like so so it was, it was easy for them. It's easy for them to say, actually, you know, we don't need any parties because all the other clubs could do with the cash. So mm. it's easy for them to go. Actually, do you know what? This isn't worth the backlash for a couple of quid that. We're all right for anyway, so yeah, yeah, we, yeah you're cool. Yeah, we, we'll dip out. I'll go with that. On the dugout, there's um, there's a City fan, and um, she's been a diehard City fan since the beginning. You know what I mean? So like, when I when anyone talks about City, I'll sit there and listen to her because she knows what the crack is, if that makes sense. And like, she said it. Real, I know. To be fair, I back City quite a lot when people are kicking off saying, "Well, oh, they're this, they're that, and the other," because they might have a lot of money but I do honestly think that they do things in the right way I really do think they do things the right way the amount of money that they've reinvested into that city and that oh, part yeah. of the yeah. city as well I know oh, well, look, the same. whether you love them or hate them they, they have a, a great model they're, they they're doing things brilliantly yeah they have. and when they go out and buy players I don't think they if I'm honest I don't think they really take the piss that much they will go out and do what every major club should be doing and is looking at the clubs that are in the you know the tier below them mm -hmm. or the the, the the tier below that so like basically what liverpool did when they bought Mane and when they bought van dyke you know yeah. what when, when they bought southampton, southampton yeah yeah southampton, southampton, southampton aren't competing with with arsenal uh, 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 with liverpool sorry and same when they've gone out and bought diogo jota as well wolves aren't competing with liverpool you know what i mean but those are the best players or the better players of the clubs that are lesser than them. So I remember, like, how many times like we, we, we've been going around saying Arsenal should probably look at Basuma and look at um, at Lamptey. I'm down for that because they're the best players at clubs that are lesser than us. But then, like, I'm seeing Arsenal fans like getting a bit bit elitist and a bit more high ground, saying, "No, we just got to buy some world class players." Rah, rah. We ain't yeah. world class. If we go out and buy players from Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, yada yada. Um, and they're coming to Arsenal, that tells me that they're not good enough to be playing for those clubs. So yeah. they're not going to put in the effort in the same levels as they would as if you were to buy someone who is desperate for an opportunity almost. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to get up and they want to prove themselves. And I feel like City do that and they've been doing it over and over and over again. They might spend a little bit more. So like if that player's worth 20 mil, they might pay 30. Yeah. I just think, I just find that's more of a jealousy thing. It's not well, like, well, I think you know that's always going to be the case because if City start a negotiation with your club, you know they've got the money, and mm -hmm. and again you can you can play poker a little bit. You know you can call their bluff and and you can sort of say you really want this guy, right? There's an extra 10, 15 million slapped on top because it's Man City. 
But yeah, comparing the City way of doing things to, I guess, Chelsea, like look look at the players that Chelsea have signed and, and let slip through, you know, De Bruyne, Lukaku, Salah, signing for the sake of just snatching up the talent and, and knowing that they're never going to get the opportunity. You can't squeeze them all into the one team where City are actually signing with intention of using. Yeah. Which which is great. And and I suppose in, in a sense, like you said, with the Liverpool model, um, it's almost kind of like the Bayern Munich model. They like to yeah. sign within the Bundesliga. So you, you kind of pick off, pick the best of, of your rivals who are slightly below you to keep Makes them slightly better. below you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've got I've got no issue with that. Because yeah. once again, that goes down the sort of like the business route. And if you want to be successful, every club that no matter what club you support, you want them to have some form of success, some form of success. And if that's the way you want to go out and do it, I don't think it's underhanded. I don't think it's it's backhanded or out of order or anything like that. I think what they're doing is fine. It's just we we don't like it as Arsenal fans because we've got an owner who is rich as fuck and is not prepared to reinvest it into the club. But yeah, we, we've got the so we, we found to. the only broke the only broke billionaire in the world. We managed to yeah. find. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like a drug dealer who's got no money. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you trust them? I don't do drugs. I I I, I smoke tobacco and I drink alcohol. But you know, I know drug dealers. They're all rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from a couple, and the ones that are broke, Clever I'm thinking, ones. Why, Clever why, ones. Why, 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 why are you broke? I'm well confused. Why are you broke? <laughs> But uh, yeah, Gav, I, I was asking, I was asking Liam and Dan earlier. Um, oh, was Dan on? Yeah, Dan was on. Oh. Dan, Dan, Dan came on. I've not met you, Liam. I'll say that next time. No, I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I was asking the lads, kind of their feeling. Um, you know, with regards Stan Kroenke, um, he generally doesn't need a lot of excuse not to put his hand in his pocket. And if he is still here next season, which unfortunately i believe he will be i think if he is going to go it's not going to be overnight i don't think we're going to expect an announcement by the end of the week so if he is here you know do you think this the fact that we we didn't go ahead with this super league we're not getting this big cash injection is this just another excuse for him not to put his hand in his pocket and turn around and say well i tried i tried to give you 250 300 million but now we don't have money because of covid and pandemic just more more of an excuse for this fella yeah, it will be. I mean, like the thing is, I can't imagine Arsenal going out and signing anyone if we we're in in that league anyway. That three hundred and fifty or four hundred million, whatever it is, would have gone straight in his back pocket anyway, and it wouldn't have mattered because Arsenal yeah. would never get relegated. Arsenal would come bottom of that league every year. Didn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter if I would come second exactly. bottom. We come higher than Spurs. That is it. It would be the only team that we would beat over time. Spurs. Yeah, we might get a draw against AC <laughs> Milan. <laughs> That's it, or whoever comes in from the from the five teams every season. Yeah, exactly. That 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 is all that that is all that would happen, and yeah, it would just be coining. By the way, absolute clueless owners. Obviously, Perez, the owner of Real Madrid, obviously is, is the chairman of this Super League. Apparently, there is an official announcement due late on tonight to state that the Super League is still going ahead, just without the English clubs. I mean. Can you really be so stupid to think that this is still going to happen? Like, what, what, honestly, how warped and how thick do you have to be to think this is still going to continue? Like, seriously, wake up and smell the coffee. You're not in charge anymore. You are not getting your own way. You're not using these clubs as toys and puppets. Go. And, 
um, you just asked me a question about Stan Kronk and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, Fabrizio Romano um, has just tweeted that all the boards of the top clubs are now in danger. Hmm. I'm really what that means, I don't know yet. Be. I don't know what that means yet. But well, you know what? You know what? Are, yeah. I would I would like to think maybe this is an opportunity for the FA to kind of sit back and put some pressure on these guys. Now, look, obviously, I don't know the ins and outs. Um, I don't know what they can and can't do. I don't know what restrictions they could impose. But if I was, you know, part of the FA, this would be my opportunity to go. You know what? Fuck yous. We're gonna we're gonna make life difficult to the point where maybe they have to go. You know, maybe it's not worth their while owning a football club in the Premier League anymore. Get these guys out. You know, if they were willing to to try their hand at the first opportunity, you know, something happens in another 10 years' time, you know, what's to stop them trying this again? So, you know, it, I think it's time, you know, fair is fair. Karma's a bitch. Get them, well, get them out. Like, a lot of the owners are American and stuff, and um, um, of, of these clubs that are involved um, from, the, the, from the UK, but like people in mind say, oh, we don't want to like Americanize this that, and the other. You know, like in America, you know, like for instance, like the NFL. There's 32 NFL teams. That's across the country, isn't it? This is Europe. Across and these are the things that happen across a number of clubs, rich clubs in Europe. You know, and like people say, oh yeah, but and, like because David Beckham had to say had something to say about it all. People say, well, he's a fat one to talk. You know, like what's he doing? Like buying out uh, MLS clubs and stuff. Do you know how many times the the like America like soccer in America has been reformed and stuff because it's gone tits up every time. Yeah, this is the first time it's actually been sustainable. So, but it's not exclusive. Mm. It's not exclusive. Austin FC. I've got a good friend who works as part as part of Austin FC as a subsidiary on on Austin FC, and he was on the show um, on um, MAD Sports Network, um, which will be the show will be aired tomorrow at ten pm. Nice little plug. Um, but um, hey, um, but um, you know they're they're a new club, but they've been in the work for the last two three years, and there's expansion for three more teams to join the MLS. So if you want to join the MLS, you can. You know, so yeah, yeah. it's not it's not an exclusive thing. Yeah. You know, but but it's it's America. You know, that's a sport in that country. So like it's like it's same the same things happening in in England. You know, yeah. the Premier League is not an exclusive thing. As I mm -hmm. mentioned before, if you play Saturday afternoon, you have the pathway of getting in. Look at look at Bournemouth. Bournemouth. We're about to get relegated out of the football league. Fast forward ten years, they're contempt from the Premier League. Mm -hmm. So the pathways of is the opportunities are there. You know, it's not an elitist mentality. We have to, yeah. we have three Welsh clubs in our in our um, top five divisions. Yeah, exactly. Scotland have got one of ours. <laughs> Greenock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Granite Water. No, just, um, just waiting. I was thinking uh, geography. Oh, no, two. <laughs> got two actually. Gretna Green, isn't it? Gretna, Gretna. They're playing like the like the the, third, the fifth tier of Scottish football. Web. But uh, you know what I mean? Like there's, mm. and also don't understand why, for argument's sake, Celtic Rangers weren't involved or invited into this because they might play in a league that we all know is pretty pony. And those two run off and do it. It would it would ruin Scottish football forever if they yeah, left. Yeah. And whether we like it or not, Celtic Rangers have actually got global, global market. 
You know, they're, they're a huge, huge yeah. fan base. Celtic were the first British team to win a European Cup. Yeah, exactly. So, so like, if we want to talk about heritage, mm-hmm. if we want to talk about heritage, then why weren't um, Forest invited? I was going to say Forest, well, Aston Villa. Villa. Yeah. Wolves. Why weren't Wolves involved? Ajax. Wolves had a... Ajax. They won it three years on the trot, Ajax, in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, in the, in the 70s, in the 70s. Sorry, they won it in the 90s. They won it in the 95. They got to the final in 96. Where's their invitation? Yeah. PSV, they won it in 87, I believe. Yeah. What Red Star Belgrade, they won it in 91. Yeah. Karina Svesa. However, they're not marketable brands. No. They're not rich. That's, so that's yeah. why. That's it. They, they were basically... They, they were pretending... marketable at the moment in yeah, terms they, of te- what we're doing on the pitch. But in terms of our brand... Join. Yeah, they, they were going down the rich list, basically pretending that it was you know earned on merit. These are successful clubs, but then straight away again, I'm not even trying to diss Tottenham, but like I'm not really, to be there. They they actually haven't, and this isn't even this I isn't even know. a dig. I don't think it's, we've got any right to be there. Well, no one, has, to be fair, no one has. No one's got the God-given right to be an elitist. No, no but like, if you want to say like we want to get the yeah, if you want to say like we're going to get the best teams, I'm going to put I'm going to put Man City and Liverpool in there. Yeah. And over the last, because I want to say, let's say over the last ten years, I'll, ba- I'll probably want to base it more over the last ten years. They're the only yeah. and Chelsea. Chelsea would be the only other team that would get involved in this in this rich yeah, list. Porto. Yeah, Porto, yeah, Porto, Porto, Porto aren't marketable enough. Benfica yeah, are more marketable. Benfica is, and and Sporting are more are are more hmm. marketable than Porto, who have won the Champions League in two thousand and four. They won the um, UEFA Cup in two thousand and three. They're in the Champions League pretty much every year, but they're not. They're not. They're not the. They're not pretty. That's what well, someone said to me earlier about um. You know, if certain teams said no, and just to fill the gaps. You know, for instance, say not like PSG. But like looking at the going further down, like your Mets and your Nick. But again, why? They're not big enough names. They're not big enough brands. People yeah. don't care about them. And that's the problem, as I said to you, that it comes a point where I think this really has come from that they were worried and scared that the smaller, I say smaller clubs, is a horrible word to use in the fact that like your Everton, your West Ham, your Wolves, and that, because they're closing the gap and they're the ones with the money. And these clubs aren't. They go, hang on a minute. I've got money. They haven't. How are they closing the gap on me? How can we make sure that they don't close the gap anymore? This is what we'll do. And I mean, we'll hop no, off there and I'll close the door li- behind me. You're literally yeah. taking away fair competition because you're shit scared that your money means fuck all in this game. What yeah. is wrong with you? Spend it like you, like you said earlier. If, if Chelsea want to spend the money, I don't like it, but fair enough, spend it. It's your money, whatever. But make yeah. it fair. If these clubs are able to find gems and they close the gap, then fair fucking play. They've done it the right way and give yeah. them a chance to do so. Man City lost 8-1 to Middlesbrough on the final day of the season. <laughs> that, yeah. And the, and that, that that summer, they were bought out. The following summer, Rabinho was bought. I think I think they need to remember where they come from sometimes. Definitely. Because that was only, thir- only 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And... You, you know, know what? Leicester, you know what, Gav? Leicester I'm old enough. I'm old like enough that. to have. I'm old enough to have witnessed Man City getting relegated. Yeah, you know, that, it wasn't that long ago. If I it mean, weren't for Paul Dickhoff, they would still be playing in in the in Division Two. It's called Division yeah. Two then, the third tier of English football. They yeah. lost Gillingham. They beat Gillingham yeah. in the playoff final. So if it weren't for Paul Dickhoff and it weren't for Nicky Weaver, 
And then when mm-hmm. they come back, players like Danny Tiato, Danny yeah. Mills, and you know Sean Gota and oh, Sean you know, Gota, Sun G High. You know, oh, it, hey, like, Richard Dawn, legend, wearing brother shirts. <laughs> you gotta get into yeah, I had to, I had to, Richard yeah, Dunn. Hey, yeah, I, I, I remember, I remember Niall Quinn playing for Man City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were sponsored, sponsored by brother. My brother, that's what I'm saying. Get yeah. the brother shirts out. Yeah, um, Georgia King Clancy, like Nicky Summerby. Do you know what I mean? Like these are, you know, these are players that have been like part of the history of Man City. And but Man you know City what? Just have, that, that's the funny thing about it. Like again, I, I know. Look, it's understandable. It, it's what happens when a club gets a bit of success and. The younger generation grow up and they're they're inheriting these clubs because they're more in your face. But literally up till 10, 15 years ago, those guys you named were the legends of Man City, who yeah. I reckon half the people nowadays they couldn't name them. They wouldn't yeah, know they, who they were. Like if you said to it, putting a st- statue of um company and, and Gravo outside yeah. the ground, which to be fair, they are like they've been yeah, there for yeah. 10 years like each, and yeah. they are legends and they have helped propel Man City into what they are right now. Yep. But don't forget where you come from. But exactly. You know don't forget your history. For me, mm-hmm. like what you said there earlier about, you know, talking about the FA Cup and the kids of today don't understand what it means because of the way it's been devalued by United, Liverpool and the Champions League. I remember, you know, growing up, going to school and as typical down south in London, all the school kids were United fans because obviously all United fans come from down south. That's just how it works. Yeah. And nowadays, you ain't go to school and now they're all Chelsea fans. Thankfully, there's not really many City fans for me, and it's not quite filtered to here yet. Next, ne- next ten years, And that's me. I look at these. I look at these fans, and I, uh, or like you know these um, kids, and I think I feel sorry for you because you're obviously not supporting these clubs for me for the right reason. Well, like, it depends. I, it depends. Like because at the end of the day, I'm mm-hmm. from Northampton. No, no, no. But what I mean is, is I'm it an amazing? Now, I, I, yeah, but I've gone to school and. Like literally, United in my class are all United fans. What and they happen to be winning things at the time. Like well, you can't yeah. tell me that these are when, all when United fans for the right reason, though. When, when you're when you're a kid, like that. Like, I, I, do you know what? I haven't, I haven't got an issue with that. I really haven't got an issue with that at all because, like, when you're a kid, you want to. You like when you're playing football, you want to emulate the best players. And if you're or, or someone who you love and whatever, you know, I could have supported anyone. I could have ended up as a Cobblers fan. I had three mates in lower uh, three main mates in lower school. One was a United fan, one was a West Ham fan, one was an Arsenal fan. But that, but the uh, like, I always want like my mate, um, who's the Arsenal fan, used to pretend to have ginger hair. Like he's got ginger hair, he used to pretend to be Ray Parler. So he passed the ball to me in old school. So I was either going to be Kevin Campbell or Ian Wright. There was only one, there was only two ways of doing it. If he was a Man United fan. And he would have pretended to be Paul Scholes. Then I would have been, um, I would have been um, Andy Cole at the time because he was there before Dwight York. So then, do you see what I mean? Like, like so that's what happens with kids. And it's a, like if yeah, it's not always I mean, up to the parents. The parents no, can I, have an influence. Like on my stepson, yeah. his dad is an is Aston Villa fan. We yeah. are trying so hard to make him an Arsenal fan, <laughs> but he, he he wants to be a Villa fan. So that's fine. You know, so he's, he's probably spot- better off, Gav. I think you should probably yeah. let him let but, him go. <laughs> is, is that is that is his dad's from Coventry and like he's actually born in Northampton, born and raised. But as he gets older, like and if Villa like, don't matter what Villa are doing, he's a Villa fan. That's the way it is, and like that's his parents' influence. But if his parents like if like I've got I've got friends that are like the family are all Arsenal fans. There's one runt 
I'll call it, who's turned into a Spurs fan. But they've done that as a rebel against their family, just for banter. But, but they've done it for they've done it for banter, but then it's stuck. And like when I was a kid, Man United were winning things all the time. And when you are six, seven, eight years old, you can't understand the idea and the process of losing all the time or things like that. So why would they want to choose anyone else over the Man United? I think it's more it's just it's just a, it's just a shame that you know, obviously football, you know, look, look, 90% of the country love football and it's such a big thing. And for me, it's always about something like a DNA within a club. It's something that's inherited. And it's just a shame that, listen, there, there are, like you said, there are kids out there that unfortunately do rebel. Ant, ants, from, ant, ants, from, ants from Ireland. He's an Arsenal fan. So is my yeah. dad. And, you know, so is my dad. And he actually moved over here. And that's so why, don't you support, why don't you support Cork or Dublin or something? But then, the other <laughs> yeah. thing, he actually moved over here because of Arsenal. And then my mum and dad met at Arsenal. Hence why I'm an Arsenal fan. So for me, literally, I was born into it. And it's just a shame that, or what I mean, it's just a shame that there isn't more of that, you know, passing it, you know, like almost passing it on. Like, you know, like we yeah. love still now talking about David Rocast and what he meant to us as a club and what he meant to the fans. And we're able to pass that on through stories that we can give. And it's a shame that we can't do more of that with our own generations. But we can. Yeah. We try. Um, right, yeah. right, 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 right now, yeah. But then, yeah. Because the kids are buying, oh, oh, oh. The kids are too worried about success instead yeah. of having a little bit of failure and just supporting the, the kids. Because the kids were doing that in the seventies. Like, how, how, how many? How many people? I don't know how old you are, but like, I know Great those one. people that were born like into things and are now Liverpool fans because of how good they were in the 70s and the 80s. It's That's yeah. that's, that's the way but of the world. I, I, but to yeah. me, it's a glory hunter. And I think, no, like pick a club for a reason. I know people that... But that is the reason. They picked that club because they won something. Yeah, they, they, they picked because of the success. I, I guess one, look, one, um... one, of, one of my pals, one of my pals is a Liverpool fan. He had a choice whether to pick whoever he wanted and he loved the idea of red and he loved Arsenal and loved Man United and he was like whoever wins this game I'm gonna, sorry loved Arsenal and loved um, Liverpool he said whoever wins this game I'm going to support him just so happened it was the day when Robbie Fowler scored that three and a half minute hat trick against <laughs> us but from that yeah. moment he is then a Liverpool fan he's chosen that path mm -hmm. that's up to him that's up to the individual I don't mm -hmm. like like I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying but I don't understand it, if I'm honest. Oh, yeah. you know, and it's, it's because it, I, I don't think it really matters. Like, I will encourage, I will encourage, I will, I will encourage my daughter to be an Arsenal fan. Well, I would encourage my daughter to be an Arsenal fan. Nowadays, I've, literally over the last 48 hours, I don't know if I want to do that. Mm. I don't know if I want to do that. And that's not, that's not me being against my against Arsenal because I love my players and I love oh, I love McGaffer, not necessarily. You know, I didn't really want him there <laughs> in the first place, but I will support him. Yeah. But what Arsenal Football Club has from the top level, what they've done to me emotionally over the last 48 hours, and not just me as an Arsenal fan, what my mates, uh, Man United fans, what the Glazers have done to him, what um, my pals at Liverpool fans, what FSG have done to them, and all that sort of stuff, is not really setting a good example for me to explain yeah. this to my daughter when she's older. The only you know, thing is, so Gav, I'm, right, I'm I guess I'm um, thinking you can choose, but you're not allowed sports birth. Yeah, I, I think the only thing is, right, this has been a, a debate that that's obviously been sparked the last couple of shows and that, um, you know, in the heat of the moment, I think it's easy for people to turn around and say, you know what, like, fuck Arsenal, fuck this club, you know, fuck the owners. 
you know the club want to do this um this is this is the end for me you know i'll never wear an arsenal shirt again i'll never go to a game i'll never support them i and i i can see i can see reasons as to why you know in the heat of the moment that but i, I mean i look at it and and i kind of say look arsenal are in in a, they're in a bad ownership model at the moment like do i feel that is the true arsenal no like that is not the arsenal i grew up with and fell in love with and gravitated towards i i know i know a different arsenal the, the current arsenal i see is not the arsenal of old that i that i know you know that that led me to support them like again as you said look i'm obviously i'm, I'm irish um i'm on the outside my dad is an Arsenal fan, which obviously helped. My granddad's an Arsenal fan, which helped. That helped. But yeah, growing up, I was surrounded by. Uh, it was the era of you know Man United. Man United were winning everything. Everyone was wearing Man United shorts. All my friends, Man United fans, and of course, growing up, like you know, your your early years, all your friends, are Man United fans. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I'm a Man United fan too. But mm. when I when I came of an age that I thought I said, you know what. I'm 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 looking at things differently now. I've got my own mind, and you know I I can I can view the world myself. And it was nothing even to do with my dad. It helped. It was the, it, it helped that we had this bond we could share, and that you know with Arsenal. But it was my own decision that I sort of said, you know, there's, there's something about this club that I like, and yeah. and I couldn't I couldn't explain what it was, but I was drawn drawn towards Arsenal. And this was before we had success. I I think I started supporting Arsenal. Um. I think when we had Bruce Rioch as the manager, as far as I can remember, that little mm. stint. So it, it pure wasn't good glory. Hunt. I, I know the good years came after, and, and I got lucky, you know. But um, yeah, look, as I said, when it when it comes to yeah, we're, we're all hurting a little bit now because of what the club has put us through. But I, I try to look at it and I say, you know what, Stan Kroenke's Arsenal. That's not my Arsenal, and and mm. those days will eventually pass. Now, hopefully. In my lifetime, the the cronky ownership is is long gone, and we move on to the next. And maybe we might all get, you know, our Arsenal back. You know, the Arsenal that that we all fell in love with. But I'm I'm trying not to hold it against the club on a personal level. I'm holding it against Stan Cronky and the owners. I'm I'm not holding it against, you know, the management, the the playing staff. I I'm holding it against the man that owns the keys to to the club. And, and him and him only because at the end of the day everyone else is just an employee there you know you do what you're told for the, mm. the sake of your job and, and whatever else so yeah I, I understand i do understand the side of it that people are saying you know they, they feel hurt and betrayed that's completely mm. completely normal that's completely fine um i, I felt that myself over the last couple of days but like i said I, I'm, I'm holding it against cronky not arsenal the thing is where that will hurt is like well do you know what i'm not gonna i'm not prepared to pay for that match ticket I'm not going to be prepared to do that. So that's how you make your stand, but you'll watch it at home. Hey, well, Gav. You're, you're sort of doing know, the same look, thing by paying. I, mean, I know you see me sitting here with this, yeah? We see yeah. this? This, is, this? This didn't go oh. to uh, Stan Kroenke. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. You yeah. see this? Yeah. This went to my uh, my jersey dealer. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah but look, we've all, we've, 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 we've all got a connect. We've all got a connect. We're like... Um, to be fair, like my like, I got a couple of um, retro ones which I did get directly from the club. That was that was unfortunate. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah, paying paying to go and watch Arsenal. I don't want to be doing that right now because I don't no. want to be giving my money to them. But then it works with Sky. That's what I mean. Like we from home, 
um, you know, I'm still, I'll watch it from home then, you know, or I'll watch it in the pub then. Well, the pub, like you're paying for your pints at the pub, you think, oh, that's fine, but that money's still going towards paying the bill for Sky. You can't avoid making a stand against that club uh, by, by against a high level unless you stay well away from it and turn your back on it. And The problem is, though, with uh, Arsenal think, being in London, the problem is, as you know, there's so many tourists and people with money that if you don't go, someone else always will because of where it's located. I think that's yeah. always been my issue with it because I've loved to... Obviously, I've got season ticket and I'd love to give it back and almost go, no, I'm not doing it. But once I pay for that season ticket, whether then I attend or not, don't mean anything to the club. That's it. I've already paid for it. You do. What, that, once I, and, once I, and if I give it back... Someone else, up, that's waiting list. And, fucking and, then, and then another 20 years of wait. So it's so hard to go, nope, because I can't wait 20 years to get it back. And as you say, if, it, if you knew that you could all do it, like you say, and mm. make a start and get it back, then brilliant. Well, the thing it's is, it's just that's another thing. People are always quick to say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. We'll never take action. And that's yeah, what I was exactly. saying about going to watch like your local club or whatever. I can't remember if I mentioned it on here or on yeah. the show. Uh, but yeah, go do that. All make a stand and do it. But they won't. So when it gets to match day and fans are going to be allowed in, no one's been, no one's been at grounds recently because of COVID and all that sort of shit. Can't wait to flock into the ground. Can't yeah. wait to pay nine quid a pint. Well, that's it. Look, you know, it's easy to to sit back and, you know, we all get annoyed about certain things and we all say, oh, you know, I'm not paying for this. I'm not doing I'm supporting that. But for every, you know, for every thousand fans that are out there on Twitter saying that, there's another thousand that are thinking the opposite and saying, like you said, I can't wait to get in there. I can't wait to get my hands on the new shirt. And and we all have this point of view about certain things, but for, for every side of things we see there are people out there that see another side you know you could take sixty thousand fans out of the emirates this week there'll be another sixty thousand waiting to go in that yeah. think totally them that are going you know what things aren't that bad mm-hmm. um you know what what are you what are you complaining about you know that would be i'm not saying we're ungrateful or anything like that but there would be guys that if you're willing to give up your ticket there's always someone willing to take it off you and, and, and the clubs know the clubs know this because I, like I heard this a long time ago, um, a couple of years back when people were were getting annoyed about Cronky potentially buying the club and they were saying, look, the way to stop this guy taking over is to hurt his pocket and we all stop you know paying for our season tickets, we stop buying tickets. But you know someone had said that you could stop buying tickets for the next couple of years and the waiting list is that long that those seats are long filled and again there's people like that on that waiting list three, four, five years who only cannot wait to get their hands on that ticket and they're going, you know what, I'm not passing up this opportunity no matter how I'm feeling, I'm taking this because this chance will never roll around again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. It's just the world we live in. Like, I, I mean, I, like literally, I think maybe three months ago, I put my son um, on the waiting list for a season ticket. Now, I'm pretty sure he's in the, like, I think the number 80-odd thousand. Oh, there you go. I put my son on the waiting list and there's like 80 odd thousand people ahead of him. So 30,000 fans give up his index tomorrow. It, the proof is there. Another 30,000 has taken. And that's the problem with it, with it being a club like Arsenal, you know, Chelsea, even Tottenham, you know, you know, whatever. These clubs are too big that there will always be people that will go. And, yeah, you know, what the owners call the legacy fans. If anything, they don't even want us going anymore. They want fans of the future going. And but because they can manipulate the way these youngsters think and view football that they can get them viewing it in such a way 
that yeah. it then commoditizes the way they want it done. Obviously, frankly, yeah, it's not yeah, work, yeah. but that's yeah, just exactly. they want to shape how these junctions think and act, and that's what they want. And effectively, it's like then the children become their puppets because they can manipulate yeah, dictation them any yeah. way they want. Yeah. And that's the issue. They don't want people like us three having who've got an opinion on our club and have watched our club and have seen different owners. They don't want that. And that's it's just pissing me off because like. Yeah, like the the whole the, the soul of the club is is been diminishing over years. Anyway, I mean, like mm. I'll always remember, I always flip back to one particular fixture um, because I went to I went to like three or four games on the spin at home, and the final one that I went to of that little run was Arsenal Fulham on New Year's Day, and I was talking as quietly as this, and I was able to <laughs> I was able to hear what my mate was saying next to me speaking this quiet and I could hear a conversation that was going on in the next block because it was just a little bit of chit chat we won the game 4-0 4-0 4-1 we battered him and there was no atmosphere no emotion and I was like people look at me funny when when we bag and I'm like mad happy about it I'm getting up and fucking like screaming and shouting because I'm happy that Arsenal were taking the lead or pulled one back or scored a worldie. And people are looking at me funny, like, go. Do you know what? I can I can second that because the amount of times I've been at a game and my and it's like the same. So, so my, my ticket, and it's always the usual faces around me, obviously, and you might yeah. get the odds random fan. And yet it'll come to say Arsenal, say Fulham. I'll use that as an example, Arsenal Fulham. So you're standing up, you're watching the game and sit down, sit down and Fuck you off. Would, Get you up would. as well, you prick. You tend to sit down. And all of a sudden, the following week, we got Arsenal Liverpool. And every fucker's that. I think, hang on a minute. Yeah. Where, where, where does that well, yeah. all? Because you're under Fulham, you don't want to stand. Hang on a minute. You wonder why we get mugged off by the opposite fan. It pricks like you. You want to stand up for Liverpool. Oh, it's only Fulham. Let's just sit down and watch. No. no this have is the time to stand up. Yeah, stand up. Who gives a fuck who's playing? Yeah. You're, supporting it. you're supporting Arsenal. So have the same energy for every game. And that's the problem again. Us as not us as fans have allowed this to happen because too many fairweather fans who don't care enough are going to the games like you're going to watch Arsenal. Get up for it, enjoy it. Like mm. like we said there, yeah. we're scoring against Fulham. You know, celebrate like it's a World Cup final or something. Just celebrate. Scored and I just don't get why you can, how you can if you can pick and choose when to be emotional or not about Arsenal at certain games, then you're obviously not a true fan, are you? No. Yeah. You're team scored. You're fucking buzzing. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. this boy, this boy's called the library, isn't it? Leave, leave, leaving it like on the 83rd minute. Shit like oh, yeah. that. But that does. That's not just an Arsenal problem. No, 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 that no, is that is a football problem at the moment. You know, and that's not even a or oh, a big club thing as, as well. It's like you know, I've, I've, seen, I've seen it. I've seen it happen at Cobblers. When I, when I pop down, I was like, oh, yeah, let's, let's beat the traffic. Oh, if we leave now, I might be able to get to the Sixfields Tavern before everyone else rushes in here. So just get a pint in. Well, I'll tell you what, get a pint in a bit. Yeah. Or wait a little bit longer. You know, I've, I, I, like, I, well, we our record at home is pretty damn good. I've only actually ever been mm. to a game where I've seen Arsenal lose once at home. Mm. And, but there's been times when we have been trailing going into the 90th minute. There's been times that we are um, drawing in the 90th minute and we've gone on to win or we've gone on to get a point. And I've stood there, I've fucking waited. I've waited right until that last second. And then and then I'll go. And it's annoying. 
and I moan about it. I'm like, I'm gagging for a piss. I'm moaning about it that I can't get out of the ground quick enough or I can't get, get, get to the toilet quick enough. But I stayed and I supported my club. Fuck my train. I'll be another one in 15 minutes. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's it. Like, you, you stay to the end. You support, like, you know. It's... And if you if you know you're not going to be able to make the last train, don't bother fucking going that day. <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, <laughs> give your tickets to someone else or whatever. Uh, Save yourself for a Saturday that. afternoon at three o'clock. I've done it many times where I've gone to like, you know, like like I mentioned earlier about the, the Swansea away game I'd done. You know, I was on the, I think my train was at five in the morning and then two of the lads wanted to shoot off to start. I think the game, I think I got to Swansea for about 11 o'clock and the game went actually till half five. And I was like, fuck it, I'm having a day in Swansea. Swansea's six, it's decent. Yeah, well, we won 3-0. Um, I don't remember much of the game. I've said, no, we won 3-0. After the game, it's half eight. I'm, I'm having a few more beers. A couple of the lads were like, oh, I'm going to shoot. And me and my mate Kurt were like, no, nah, I saw this. And we got the last train at like, half 10, 11. I'm like, no, nah, yeah, but you, Yeah, but you, yeah. Like, you, you stayed to the end and you were staying yeah, afterwards. But there's yeah. people that would be yeah, like, right, well, okay. You know, like, if, if, if you know you're going on those away days, oh. plan your journey. Plan your yeah. journey. You know, you're not get, like book a hotel, you know, or whatever. Do something. Don't leave the ground early. And as no. I said, that that stretches out to all football fans. You know, mm-hmm. I went. Like, I'm. I'm. A, everyone knows my Arsenal fan, but I'm a giant, giant Palermo fan. And um, I went over to um, to Venice a couple of years ago to watch them play against Cittadella, which is like the clo- one of the closest grounds. It was Venezia. And mm. Cittadella were the closest ones in Padova, but Padova were in, in our division at the time. And um, gang kicked off at 8 p.m. local time. Last train was at half nine. Do you know what I did? Paid 120 quid for a, um, for a taxi, uh, uh, a taxi back to back to Venice, because I knew I weren't going to be able to make that last train because I've flown <laughs> out to fucking Italy to go and watch my team play in like two hours outside of Venice. I'm I'm staying to the end of this game. Yeah, but that's dedication. That's what you do. That's what you do. Yeah, that's yeah, what you do if you support is. a club. Exactly. That's what exactly. you do if you support a club. You stand by it and you, yep. you run with it. Yeah. You know? Well, look, that that almost I guess goes back to like what I said earlier about will, will you be able to would you be able to realistically turn your back and support? And I know like Liam, especially I know you have as as we touched on earlier the the real emotional ties. Um, yeah, but what I'll do is uh, I'm going to jump into the chat here real quick. Uh, big shout out to Ray, Arsenal Fan Circle. For anyone who hasn't checked out, definitely go check out Arsenal Fan Circle and subscribe. Uh, that was the channel that I made my debut on, believe it or not. So, oh, fair uh, play. So I owe Ray especially an awful lot. Ray is the Ray was the bad influence. So y- you can <laughs> you can blame Ray for seeing my face and, and having to hear my voice. But uh, yeah, well, big shout out to Ray. I, I need to. I've. Uh, I used to have a contract. I actually broke my contract. I had a contract with Arsenal Fan Circle where, where I used to make appearances. Uh, I think that the rule was every time Arsenal won, so that, that's why you haven't seen me very often there. <laughs> every time they won. But uh, no, big shout out to Ray and the lads doing brilliant things over there. But uh, I will be back, I promise. I know I keep saying that, but I promise. Um, but yeah, as Ray says, what does it say about the club that the players were never briefed on the last 48 hours? Um, and I, initially, I was thinking, look, they're obviously going to come out and say, well, we don't know anything about it. But then, because I thought, how, how are managers not being briefed on this? Surely they have to know. But huh. as, it, as it went on, you kind of said, actually, you know what? I don't think they do. It's madness. No like, like where, where's the communication? I, I guess from an Arsenal perspective, I don't think I'm overly surprised. I'm surprised the likes of maybe um, Chelsea and, and better run clubs like Man City you yeah, would presume I feel like there's they would... more of a relationship from yeah. board 
to um, top end playing staff. Yeah, I, I mean, for, look yeah. for Arsenal. Uh, Stan Kroenke probably doesn't know who the Arsenal manager is, so he wouldn't know who he's contacting. You know, so I guess I'm not. I'm not overly surprised. <laughs> I literally, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But yeah, Absolutely. like, yeah, I, I, I'll stick with him on that one. Yeah. Well, what do you reckon there? Big shout out Jack Breslin there. Do you reckon we'd be able to hang on to Saka, Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Pepe for the long haul? Could we the best from four? Yeah, no, that's uh, some absolute crackers. Well, you this is. What? Yeah. Like Pepe is he's been splitting a lot of the a lot of the the fan base at the mm. Arsenal. I like Pepe. Um, was, it, was it me and you that were talking about yeah. it actually on Friday saying like stop yeah. playing him out wide on the right? Yeah, a bit of playing on the left. It it okay. seems so simple. It looks pretty good on the left, I'm not gonna lie. I like Pepe, it's you know, and I ha- I have been harsh. I have. I've been critical, of course. I put my hands up and mm. I've had plenty of times where I've questioned them, but like I, I like him. Um, I, I like him as a player, and I, I just, I just like uh, just something about Pepe. Like he, he just, he doesn't seem to kick up or anything, you know. But I think that's, I guess, part of why, um, why we're only seeing bits and pieces from him because I don't think he quite has that big, big player personality. I think he's, he's quite reserved, and we yeah. see that in his play and his personality, you know, because mm-hmm. he doesn't. Uh, he, for me, he doesn't carry himself as a, a seventy-two million pound player. From so what well, I he expect, didn't dictate that. He's not exactly. He's not, he's not a seventy-two exactly. million pound player. He never chose that. No. No, this, no. this is something that pisses me off about football. Um, before we go back, you can make me rant. And it's, not, it's not what I'm here for. Well, it is. Hey, that, that's, that's, that's what, what I do. That is what yeah, I do. That's why I'm make, here to click the buttons and ask the questions. You make me fucking. It's not, it's not your. It's not you. That is. That is. That is doing that. You know, it's not. I'm not, not beef for you. It's beef for <laughs> football. And like the fact that. If it wasn't for PSG paying the money for Neymar, I think we would be relatively okay. Um, the cost, the, the, the players are valued at a certain price, but then it's the value to that club of what the player is. So that's why they have release clauses in a lot of countries other than ours. Like, if you want this player, the value to me, to my club, is this amount of money, you know? So Neymar was twenty two hundred and twenty six million. Is he worth two hundred twenty six million? Well, it's debatable. It was probably at the time he was worth at the time and and at the money level it was and stuff. He's probably worth about sixty seven, not that, about seventy eighty million, I would say. But that's why his release clause was so big, nearly three times the amount of his value, to deter people from from taking your prize assets you know and that's the same sort of thing with um with pepe pepe was probably a 25 30 million player but the yeah. value that he was to lil was like yeah. if you want him that badly you've got to pay 70 odd million that that's a no, that, that's a really fair point that is because it's like um People talking about Jack Grealish and eighty million. No, I I like Jack Grealish. Um, I I think he, I'll be honest. I think he's a dickhead because I'm still hurting about the whole Irish thing. So do I want to see him in an Arsenal <laughs> shirt? Um, on a personal level, no, fuck no, him. You don't. <laughs> but as a player, I think he's a good player. He's not worth eighty million. Um, I can see why maybe he's worth eighty million to Aston Villa for what they want to achieve. Because it's it's a great point what you said about Pepe. To Lille, Pepe was a seventy-two million player to Arsenal. He's not a 72 million player, but yeah, 
this is uh this is what you you run into um i'll just say uh, i'll keep jumping into the chats just to, there's, there's a couple of them coming up there um where are we do you agree the rebel six should be punished if so how what do you all, reckon all, all six clubs 20 point deduction mm. start again best of luck i hope not mate because that puts us in the relegation zone <laughs> well, well, well yeah, tough shit. i'm sorry <laughs> tough shit. you should not the only, put yourself... the only thing is i agree they need to be punished but it's almost like you're then punishing the fans the players and the manager who are nothing to do with it so it's sort of it's a really hard and fine line of yes they need to be punished but it's so hard. How? Like, i.e., find the club. No point finding the man. They've, they've got, got the money. That's the whole point. The that's the only Finds in sport, I think, are the most pointless thing. Well, especially when they're time. in the thousands because, of pounds. Yeah. What, what, is, what is the point of finding, finding rich people? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess with, with a it's fine like, give, as well, give, give, that, give, yeah, that kind like, of hurts the fans too because... That's the issue. You know, it... It, it's the fans' money essentially that goes into the club. So you're fining and you're just taking money off that you know the harder the hard working fan is spending. Not really, and then, my and then, and then still gonna be the same. Oh exactly. My, well, well, my points gonna be the same. My program's still gonna be the same price. So it's not actually coming out of my pocket. I'm but if you think about it, let, let's say let's say this kind of a fine, right? Because they've obviously got a set an example here. So let's say they said I don't know, I just throw a stupid figure out there. Let's say 100 million each club as a mm. fine. You you want to keep your status in the Premier League. There you go. Like, who's going to have to make up for that? You know, we're going to be told, well, we've oh. no money for transfers. We've no money for transfers. We have to raise your ticket prices. We have to add this. We have to charge this now because, sorry, um, we got but this big fine. And, and, these like, fines, we know we're going to be like 10 grand. That's yeah. be something absolutely minuscule, which was like the white Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's a Jack says uh, suggestion of point deduction. If it's over 20, we could be relegated. Yeah, as you said, yeah. uh, rumors we'd be excluded from Europe. Um, how much excitement does it take away from the you know Europa what? League? Do that. Do you know what? There you go. Exclude every club from Europe next season. Yes, that hurts us. Mm. How much do the clubs rely on that to build on for the next season? Yeah, well? yeah. Well, did, did yeah. AC well, Milan well, got ban, an exclusion, ban, ban, didn't ban, they? Ban, ban, ban for three years. Ban yeah, for a year. Mm. I think it's pathetic. I, honestly, I think it should be. I think it should be a point deduction, and it should be, and it should be a ban. And it's going to it's going to end up hurting Arsenal as well. But Wait, it's not it, just it. Arsenal that are in this. It's Arsenal. There's Tottenham. There's Man City. There's Man United. You know, there's um, Liverpool and Chelsea. Find yeah. them all. And don't Man City would probably try and get away with it and be like, yeah, but we we left. Well, you still fucking signed up. Arsenal would be the only team that would probably um, slightly get away with it. I know financially we'd be hurt, but at the same time, we're probably going to miss out on Europe anyway for the next couple of seasons while we're trying to build something. So if anything, if you're Arteta, maybe maybe that's exactly what you want because it buys you that bit of time without the expectation because you're kind of going, well, I could finish top four, but yeah, we're we're expelled for the next couple of seasons. So. I guess maybe with what we're trying to this is just completely throwing it out there. Just well, what we're trying to or what we're trying to do uh, with the young players, as were mentioned, it gives them an extra couple of seasons, you know, to to grow and develop, and we can slowly add to the team. And the thing is, you know, make improvements. Having having these six clubs be um, fined all these amount of points and stuff, um, put in their European qualification for the following season in jeopardy. It mm. would never 
be passed. That bill will never be passed no, because I don't, these I don't are the reasons so. that they were going to join the Super League because these are the marketable teams. Yeah, they're not yeah. going to enjoy the fact that the that the the Champions League and the Europa League for the next few years will not have Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juve, mm -hmm. Inter, AC, Arsenal, Man United. Well, Arsenal are going to be part yeah. of it anyway. Uh, Man United, <laughs> Chelsea, City, and and it's going to be filled with um, Everton, uh, Villa, uh, West Ham. Leicester is okay. You're allowed to have Leicester and knocking around there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, um, and then from Spain, having Valladolid, um, Ibar, um, Getafe. You know, it's not like it's not going to be marketable yeah. for the. And it's the, the same as as Ray says there. Like they won't relegate the teams because again, so that's it's nearly the same as you might as well have let them leave if you're relegating because again, you know the reason why. The, the FA and the other associations are getting pissed off is because you're going to hurt their brand by mm. taking their their market as you said their marketable teams away so you're relegating down to the championship what happens to your product it, again it's a watered down kind of crappy product that no one wants to to pay for so mm. it's yeah what they do what they do I, I don't know because yeah like you said well they wouldn't do that because they won't be able to relegate all six they'd only be able to relegate mm. three because only three get relegated so then that yeah. would cause a whole new can of worms it's like well yeah. why why, uh, why unless, unless you took all the um, the top six that, that reached the playoffs in the championship you just do a straight swap yeah that, that, <laughs> that, is, that has got court of arbitration imagine, all imagine. over it imagine it'd be nice it'd be nice it'd be funny imagine. and it'd be, it'd, I just want to see an example being made of all yeah. six clubs I, I really want to see that happen and like, to be I honest know, right? it will hurt Arsenal. I sound really anti-Arsenal in this show today and I really <laughs> am not I'm super honest and I'm just super open about my thoughts and feelings about this whole debacle that's been going on over yeah. the last 48 hours so it's not an anti-Arsenal thing it's far from no, no, of course, you know, of as in yeah. as in it's an anti anti-board level but that yeah. board level, whether we like it or not, are part of Arsenal Football Club. So if it makes yeah. me, if that makes me sound anti-Arsenal, then fuck it, I am then. Yeah. But sometimes I think, you know what though, sometimes anyone can be, sound more anti-against their own club because your feelings are so hyped about your, your yeah. club more than others. So you talk yeah. about it from a personal point of view and yeah. it always goes back to your club because you feel hurt by your club. Yeah. You now want your club to be hurt because they hurt you in return. So naturally, your instinct to go, well, no, do you know what? Fuck Arsenal. Let's hurt them because yeah. you're hurting and you you want them to sort of have it back. And listen, I, I'm just hoping, as I said earlier, and I keep, you know, I just hope this is somehow a blessing in disguise so we can reshape the English game better as well for better owners, more due diligence, you know, even shaping the way the money gets filtered down. There has to yeah. be so much more now and really look into grassroots and how the you know the money is pumped and just a much wider project. Look yeah. at a bigger UK project of really, as you sit back and, and just sort of think, what are we actually doing in this country for yeah. our football? What are we actually doing for the kids of today to allow them to be the next Wayne Rooney's? Paul Gascoigne, Alan, you know, what are we doing to help these? Yeah. And, you know, I always say, you know, charity starts at home. So let's worry about starting our own grassroots. Let's worry about helping our own before we start worrying about European clubs. Mm -hmm. Do what we need to do in this country. And when you've got everything in-house done, then start worrying about everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to run because I've only got 5% battery and without my yeah, laptop, no I'm pretty, pretty screwed. Um, Liam, before I go, go um, do you actually play darts? 
Uh, I do, mate. Yes. You do. <laughs> um, do, 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 do you play? Do you ever play on WDA webcam darts? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah. You do. All right. Um, add me on Twitter. Um, follow me on Twitter, and then send me your username, and we'll get a game on. No, but we're talking about. So I'm, 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 I'm literally like I play on there all the time, and um. MAD Sports Network is my is my yeah. channel. Um, Once you come on, mate, I, I went straight on the trail and I added you up, mate. Nice one. Um, we cover a multitude multitude of sports. We don't cover the Premier League because we feel like everyone's in the Premier League. <laughs> so, like the main leagues that we do um, in the football side of things are the Championship, the Bundesliga, and the MLS. Um, but there's also an MMA show, which I know Ant has interest in. Oh, he's always backwards, backwards. <laughs> Ant has interest in. Um, and um, our dance show. We've got our dance show next on Sunday morning at 11 nice, o'clock. Nice. Um, but um, yeah, I'm avid player. Um, our board's over there, just tucked away nicely at the moment. <laughs> it there, it's on a stand. Um, so, yes. But, um, boy, it's just always a pleasure. Oh, it's a pleasure meeting you, first of all. Um, oh, Liam. Um, and it's always an absolute pleasure being on your show. Yeah, I always love a being a part you, of it. really is. Um, and um, I'll see you guys very soon. Thank yeah, you. Cheers, Thanks, Gav. everyone, for your comments as well. And I'm not anti-Arsenal. I'm just very, <laughs> I'm just very, very emotional and very upset. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. No, cheers. Thanks. Pleasure as always, Gav. See you later, dude. Ta-da. See you later. Bye bye. Yeah, that was uh, Gav Mac. Yeah, big show with Gav Mac. He's been he's been on a couple of times. A uh, top lad and uh, yeah, jack of all trades. Darts channel, MMA channel, rugby. I'm glad you, I'm glad you surfing didn't end it there. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Ah, but uh, yeah. Um, I can't remember. I was going to say something there. I can't even remember what it was. I think it was a. Uh, oh, actually, yeah. Kind of it's just kind of going back to, um, I guess, the the punishment for the clubs. Um, I'm 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 racking my brain trying to think. It's such a hard one. The best way because I I see I see Ray is saying twenty point deduction for next season. And again, look, I I would like something that's going to punish the owner more so yeah, than the club. The Got yeah, to because by punishing the club, you punish the fans. And and if I weren't thinking, say you suspend the owner, you can't yeah. say you can bring an interim owner to sort of oversee things, and then you've got no money either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that that's what I mean. I'm I'm trying to think here a way a way to target the owner because as I said, this for me it wasn't. Um, I'm trying to be, I guess, kind to the club. Yeah. This wasn't an Arsenal decision. This was an Arsenal yeah. owner decision. Um, just like this was a, a Chelsea owner decision, a Man City owner decision, Liverpool, uh, what have you. I don't think it's fair to punish the clubs because it has a knock-on effect and punishes the fans. It's Kick true. all the, the teams out of Europe. You know, that punishes us. Let's say we win the Europa League. Yeah, It's not fair to the fans. You know, we finally got Champions League football back and because... Our dickhead of an owner wanted to fill his already bulging pockets. You know, we we all get punished for the thing that we've all been craving for how many years now? You know, yeah, it, it, the fans, the fans got to win here tonight, and you can't take that away from the fans. So there's there's got to be something, um, and I I would love nothing more. And again, this is um, this is me being a bit selfish because I want Cronky gone, and I want them gone yesterday. So. I want them to come to some some conclusion that they put so much pressure on them that it's not worthwhile owning this club anymore. And yeah, and if he's if he's not willing to leave his own accord, 
make it so difficult that he cannot operate here. Um, I know it, it doesn't make a difference though. You fucking do yeah. something and, and don't don't give him a visa to get into the country. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't come over anyway. He doesn't give a shit. No, no, never. So um, I don't know. I don't know what the option is. Um, I know I find... It hurts us as fans. And I think that's the problem. It's, yeah. You know what? I think, like you say, you you can accept it to an extent when your whole club have done something wrong. Yeah. I know it's the main man, but you've got to think it's not like. You know, it's just, he has literally made this decision without even consulting the players, the manager. So they yeah. can even try to step in and stop him, even if they try to an extent. So yeah, it is a tough one. You know. Oh, it really is. Like you know, and this isn't. Um, I know it's it's brought it back to light again, um, but like this isn't an issue that's only just you know come up lately. You know, this is it's gone quiet for a while, but. The whole cronky ownership and all we've all been against it for the longest time but i think it's just right now we're all kind of rallying together because we yeah. all got together to you know fight against this uh, super league so now it's it's fresh in our memories again but yeah like um like jack is asking any of these how to get rid of cronky yeah look um like i understand look the, the protests and all that like they are needed um and i do think look continue keep this energy we, we have to get rid of this guy this guy needs to needs to go um he probably won't bat an eyelid we, you've seen it before it, it's true but uh, look how, how do you hurt the guy that's only here to fill his pockets i mean you have to you have to empty his pockets um and it's a hard thing to do but it, it's, could, you, could you could you deem them unfit could you deem the man unfit you know and he physically then has to sell. Is it possible that you can de- say, deem him unfit? Look, you're not. I don't know. I, I mean, again, yeah. is it? See, see what what happens though, right? If, if let's say, for example, Stan Kroenke, let's just say, look, I obviously I'm, I've never owned a football club, unfortunately, apart from um, the, the closest thing is owning a copy of Football Manager or FIFA. That's that's the closest I've come I've come to. So I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know. Look, do, do you need like a license or, or some satisfy some kind of criteria? So maybe the FA can get involved and say, well, you no longer satisfy this criteria. But does he then just pass it to his son Josh, and, and he sits yeah, in the background so and, and he still owns it? You know, because he could argue, well, Josh isn't the owner. This was my decision, yeah. so I'm selling to him, and he's taken over. You know, I, yeah. there's so many different things, and if if the rumors are true. That the whole reason Cronky was here is obviously to make money. Um, there was rumors going around, as I mentioned earlier, that he was looking for this super league to come in because he wanted to then sell Arsenal because we will be at our highest value. So now he gets the he gets the the highest bid money, yeah. for it, and and then he gets to go. But now that that doesn't happen, are we slightly devalued now as a club? You know, and and now does he have to hang on to us to try regenerate that money? It, everything seems to have a knock-on effect. Our owner is so quiet that we can never tell what he's thinking. You know, we have absolutely, you know, we, we're constantly second-guessing the man. Like we have absolutely no idea whether he will yeah. still. I think we obviously have our, our own personal opinions on that, of course. But yeah. the man goes into the shadows. We have no idea what's thinking because we don't know the man. We have no yeah. idea. We don't really know who he is or what he is really you know well we know he's an absolute prick but apart from that you know yeah we've absolutely no idea what's gonna happen 
like I can't understand. Like I can't understand what he's in it for. Um, like as Ray says, there. Look, surely he'll turn a profit if he sells now. Sure, like you have the Aliko Dangote who was looking to. He was offering over two billion, and you know what? At this stage, like how bad does Stan need that money? I mean, his his wife is part of the family that owns Walmart. I think the last I checked, I think she was worth six billion alone before you take his money into it. So, do you know what I mean? Like. Like I said, you're, you're kind of you're you're playing with people's emotions now. With the he obviously doesn't have this understanding. Like we we spoke about this earlier, how this is a part of our lives and, and our makeup every day and that. And you know how badly do you need to keep this club? You know, sell it for the two million, move on, invest in something else. I mean, go elsewhere. Yeah. We look, we we can stop spending money. And and as I said, look. I stopped spending the money on Arsenal uh, um, a long, long time ago. I stopped buying stuff um, from the Arsenal website and stuff. And as I said, this this came from uh, my my Jersey dealer. This this didn't go in Stan Kroenke's pocket. And that's how it should part, be. Right, I'll be honest, yeah. Obviously, part of me is like, I'm not spending eighty quid on this when I can get it for twenty elsewhere. Oh, yeah. No, why why would I why would I do that? I mean, I I work and I have to pay my bills and, and other things. So even yeah. get it cheaper elsewhere, but also at the same time, definitely part of it, hundred percent part of it was I said I'm not filling this guy's pocket anymore. And and I said that a long long time ago. And hand on heart, if if I knew that you know my investments in the club were going to be used for the greater good, I would have absolutely no issue. I would I would spend the money absolutely no problem. And yeah, it'd be it'd be tough to do. It's a struggle, you know. I guess we're we're on the middle of a pandemic, and and every every penny counts. But if I if I knew I was getting a return for my investment, I I wouldn't think twice. But I know Stan Kroenke's not giving me a return for my investment, so Stan Kroenke's not getting my money. I'm sorry. You know, again, this is this is where you're fighting head and heart because as soon as um as soon as the the tickets are available and you go to the stadium again. It's 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 impossible. It's impossible not to go. And the only way to and the way I can liken it, it's almost like I think of you know a relationship, for instance. You know, we've all had them. You know, back in the day where there's something. You know, there's a girl you think it's just not working out, and you need you need to love. Yeah. But you you can tell your mates if they were in the same position. No, you got to get rid. Got to get rid. Because you're in that position, you go. No, but I can't. I can't. Yeah. And it's like Arsenal, like. I know what I need to do. I know that I need to say, no, I'm not, I'm not spending your money. No, I'm not yeah. going to come to your ground. No. But when it comes to you, you go, no, oh, actually. But <laughs> yeah. How, how can I? And that's the problem, you know. I, I've got my scene to get. I'm literally stuck because I know the moment I hand that back, I'm then not getting another one for like 15 years. And I can't yeah. afford that because the love for my club is too much. And then if they can't exactly. the next season, I'm like, are you kidding me? And then, then I've got 14 mm-hmm. seasons. Of having Arsenal, that's Dan Kroenke, but no season. Yeah. You can't take that risk. And that is the issue with it, that people understand how important these tickets are. And also talking yeah. on that, there was a point I raised earlier on in the show I did with our channel. And I want to raise it here that, again, mm. when I talk about the issues within English football. Now, as you might be aware, Anthony, that at the moment in the Premier League, any away game in the Premier League, it's capped at £30. Right. So it doesn't matter. Obviously, if we're at home to Liverpool, obviously we charge £70. That's what we yeah. do. But any away game in the Premier League, no matter who it's against, I mean, I went, the last game I went to was Arsenal yeah. Chelsea, when Martinelli scored that goal. Yeah, yeah. It was £30. That's what the cap is. It's 30 quid. that's it. But yeah, mm. my mate at work goes Millwall. He went to Millwall away game and paid £35. Now explain that one to me. 
So I'm going to watch mm. Arsenal Chelsea for 30. He's watching Norway for 35. So if it's a cap for the Premier League, but again, it's about looking after the elite, looking after the yeah. best, and not worrying about the rest. So, no, if ours is 30, then make there's 20. Make yeah. League One 15 quid. Even match League Two 15 quid. It has to be, again, you've got a pyramid, so you have to use it monetary values. How can I be paying less in the Premier League than you are in the Championship for an away team? Yeah, exactly. And again, the reason for it being so cheap is because they, they incorporate that you've got your travel costs, you've got your potential mm. overnight stay in hotels. So, £30. I mean, for me, last season, I think I'd done Watford away, uh, Chelsea away. I know I did one more and I can't remember it. But again, I knew I did two London clubs because I thought it's a 10 quid travel card, 30 yeah. quid ticket, 40 quid, there's me travelling and, uh, um, and me ticket done. And then obviously, me, you know, me, me beer money on top of that. But I thought, exactly. yeah, yeah. But look at You've got to bring that down. Don't you? Why just cap it for Premier League? Why are we so worried yeah. about after these other clubs and the fans from these clubs? Like, do they not care? Do, mm. do, do they not matter? Sorry, you know. And exactly. Well, it, it's like like we said earlier, going back to Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich came over to the Emirates and absolutely spanked us. You know, that, they, yeah. they beat us over two legs, eight two, and the Bayern fans protested it at the Emirates about oh. the ticket prices, which were still cheaper. And yeah. your argument was like. You're seeing an elite level team, world class players who absolutely battered us, and we're paying more money to watch this. And you're yeah. the ones giving out. And and I I said this earlier, even on Twitter. Um, I visited Amsterdam about a year ago, and while I was there, um, I picked up a match ticket to go see Ajax play, and Ajax like Dutch league champions, um, playing Champions League football. Some some good players in that team. Fourteen euro for a ticket. You know, it cost me 14 euro to go see the, the league champions. Um, I know they hadn't even been crowned league champions at this stage, they were top of the league, so it's not like you didn't even yeah. say, Oh, it was, it was a dead rubber game, you know, they were still fighting for something. So, it cost me 14 euro for that ticket. I got I got nice Ryanair flights over there, 9.99 each way, you know, so it's cost me it's cost me about 35 quid altogether. For was it a, a, was it a league game as well? It, it was a it was a league and an air divisi wow. game, yeah. Um, so for for that match day for that away day ticket i got flights and a match day ticket um in the johan cruyff arena and like that i, I spent i think it was three days i think it was um there was a lot of beer had so it could have been three could have been four i can't remember but uh <laughs> amongst other things but uh yeah so it the, the whole trip though cost yeah. me i don't know maybe three four hundred quid I, I didn't spend an awful lot but like you you boy Again, this is just another thing I said, and I, I didn't I didn't quite mean it in the way I think some people took it up. But look, obviously, I live in Ireland. Um, whether we play in this Super League, and we're we're playing in the New Camp this week, we're playing the Bernabeu next week, we're playing uh, wherever Atletico's um, stadium, um, Milan, whatever. Either way, if we're playing at home, the Emirates for me, I've still got to jump on a plane, yeah. and I've still got to fly over. So. It was all the same for me to fly to Milan as it is to, to London. And to be honest, it's probably cheaper. It's probably cheaper for me to fly oh. to to these European destinations. You can oh, get these Ryanair flights. But the only thing is, had they come over this league, you guarantee those flights would have they would have shot up. That, I mean, because if they're saying le- if they're saying less games, how much mm. that match ticket then worth? You know, I, I'm yeah. looking. They're talking at like 150 a pop because obviously they're so easy. Far and few between, and also funny enough, talking of, yeah. of European football, there are some teams that are a bit much. Like I went to um, Berlin about four years ago now for a stag do, 
Um, yeah. I organised it, so obviously, you know, for why not go to Berlin? <laughs> and we literally arrived on the Thursday morning, and that night, Perth and were playing in a Europa League qualifier against Bromby. Now, again, Bromby were a big club when we were growing up. and Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, this is brilliant. And it was 17 euros, which wasn't that bad, you know. Um, and then two days later on the Saturday, we sort of woke up and, oh, well, obviously, we, we did wake up Friday, but that was a completely irrelevant day. <laughs> we woke up Saturday again, and then just had a few beers, went into town, saw a couple of, like, randoms with, like, some, like, random shirt on. We said, oh, like, team playing today? They're like, oh, yeah, um, Union Berlin? We're like, okay. Oh, Union, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, follow us. So we turn up. Union Berlin were playing um, U- um, Utrecht from, from, from Holland. Yeah, yeah. And I think Utrecht won 3-0 in the end. And it was a pre-season friendly. 30 euros. 30, yeah. I was like, what? But we went, obviously, mm. we, got, we went to the ground. We paid, obviously, on the, on, uh, you know, at, at the gate. It's like, 30 pounds. But like, you're there mm. anyway. You're going to do it. But I thought, wow. Like, yeah, you, you would just for the novelty of it. But yeah. that's actually, um, like, talking about the novelty of it, the last Arsenal game I attended, Unai Emery had just taken over and Arsenal were due to play in Stockholm. I think it was, was it Sevilla or somebody we were supposed to play, or Atletico Madrid, I think it was. And it didn't go ahead. And we ended up playing Chelsea in the Aviva in Dublin. So I went to that. Oh, shit. Because look, you know, it is one of those things. The preseason friendly. How often does your team come to your hometown? And of course... I was like, right, well, I'm going to this. Um, my dad took me to my first Arsenal game. I was like, you know what, this is gonna be cool. I, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring my dad to a game. Nice. So, but they're sixty quid a goal, though, you know, and like that. Even for uh, a friendly. For a preseason friendly, sixty euro a goal. Uh, yeah. Who, who pockets that going into? Exactly, exactly. That's well, it. And he's just taken over. Like, it's not even. It's, I mean, this is this issue. Like I said, you know, at the beginning, right at the beginning of the stream. This doesn't just stem from, you know, um, you know, Chelsea obviously, you know, has to take that with Abramovich, but yeah, it's been an issue for a long time, and that's the problem. It's it's almost like right, there was the level, right? We'll test mm. the water going there. Oh, no one said anything for five, ten years, and it's just mm. slowly but surely just kept yeah, and it's just it's gone yeah. we've just never seen before. And sometimes mm. it's hard to pull it back. And I made a I made a point earlier as well that, you know. Footballers, listen, everyone knows that the, you know, the money they on is just crazy. Now, if someone mm. says to me, a footballer, they earn, say, 300 grand a year. Now, what's yeah. the problem with that? 300 grand a year is still mm. a lot of money. And on top of that, they can get their own endorsements from, you know, Nike, Adidas, yeah, yeah. whatever it is, whatever. But that means that that player, so when they sign that pro contract, the max they can get a week is something like six, seven grand a week, right? Mm. Why not? What is wrong with that? Also, yeah. as well, in return, you start to see more loyalty. So if yeah. you sign a contract six, seven grand a week, and that's the max you can earn a week, you're not moving for money. You see more loyalty yeah. before because, well, I'm happy here. I'm going to save money there. I don't really feel I'm going to be any better off. So I might as well stay here. And it's a way then you get loyalty back in the game. You get integrity. Exactly. And yeah, they, they appreciate exactly. where they are. Yeah. And again, I, I go back to the three words of Arsenal. You get tradition, you get history, you get class. Because you get classy players because they want to then represent this this, this club for a long time. You get the yeah. history because you build on it, and you get tradition because it's when what your clubs then about. Because, but it's just gone. You know, it, obviously, oh, look, exactly. the, the, the the money in football has long eclipsed anything you can imagine. So you can't put mm. it back to, to that level again. But yeah, yeah, you no, know, it's it, great to be able to just be almost be on a, everyone's on a level playing field and. Yeah, you know, it's like um no look, I'm not I'm not a big rugby fan or anything, but 
growing up, uh, a friend of mine went on um, to play for Leinster and he, he got a couple of caps for Ireland. Nice. And, he, and he's still playing now. He's still playing, he's playing for Ulster now. Um, but I remember his first pro contract. I think he was about 18, 19. And he was playing, you know, in the in the senior team next to Brian O'Driscoll. He was getting 40 grand a year. That was his contract. And he was he was capped for Ireland. He was getting 40 grand a year. Now he was getting endorsements. And I know he got he got a nice sponsorship deal. He got sorted out with a Jeep and all that. So he was getting his, his 40k a year. And um, which you know what? <laughs> if I was making 40 grand a year, I, I'm more than happy with that. I'm happy with that. You know, I can survive, I can pay my bills. Um you're you're comfortable and again look your your car and that is sorted and whatever else but you know that you could see you know he he appreciated that and you know he was doing it for the the love and the the passion of the game it wasn't about the money you know the way he looked at it it was um yeah if you compared it he said look if i'm in a regular job this is this is decent money you know i'm happy you know i can i can support my family i'm happy and it allows me enough of a financial security that I can commit to to playing the sport that I that I love playing and and my bills are paid and that's enough, you know, because at the end of the day I can survive and pay the bills and play the game I, I love to play with. And and you can see the appreciation level is so much different. So much different. Like you've the the young lads like look at the the Balligan saga. Um, that guy apparently was looking for forty k a week. Yeah. You know, like I said, my my friend was cap for Ireland and now he's making forty grand a year on his first pro contract. This not. lad, um, yeah, Balligan's what? It's probably his second pro contract now. Would it be? I think he. Oh, oh yeah, probably. I think he was on. Yeah, he was obviously on pro terms before. So for the second pro contract, having played what two first team games at the time, and he was looking for reportedly forty grand a week. Um, um, you had to settle for I think about twenty odd, which is you know it's pretty nice. Being money. Nice, still just crazy. Like it's too much. I just hope that with everything that's happened, and you know, I say the fans sort of showing unity together, and as the football family, we can come together that we do get some integrity back in our sport, and yeah, really, but we need to hold them all to ransom. You know. Like, you know, Sky, you know, as I said, you know, paying 15 quid for games during the pandemic was an absolute yeah, disgrace. That's, um, that's and even that, you know, I've got friends that, again, I, I go back to Cheltenham because they're my local team and I've got a lot of mates that support them. And at the moment, because obviously people can't go to the games, mm. they're charging 10 quid a game on to, to watch it online. Like, come on, oh. like, yeah, man. Like, look after the fans. You, yeah. They give you all this have, Amazon stuff now. Go, to the game. go into the game trumps everything because... It's the atmosphere. It's not just the get it going to the game. It's the camaraderie. As you said, it's the few beers for the game. Yeah. If you're watching at home on the sofa, especially the fact you can't have mates around because of COVID, and yet you want to all pay a tenner each. Like, come on, like, no, no it's, it's, it doesn't work. It's like, it's like it's like going down the route of um, everything being on box office now. Like soon to be like Champions League final, you have to pay twenty five ninety nine to get it on box office. Like, that's... It's basically, like, now anyway, you've got Sky for your Premier League, then you've got BT yeah. Sport for Europa League and Champions League. Then you've, got Amazon, then you've got Amazon Prime for some other games now. I mean, what, when's this going to stop? Like, you want to talk about, oh, you know, discuss what they're doing. Well, I'll tell you what then, lead by example now and go and lower your Sky package for sports. Go mm-hmm. and do, do something. Go and yeah. show the people that you do actually care about them. It's not just fucking that because you're yeah. pissed off that you're worried that the money's coming away from you and going elsewhere. Let's be honest mm-hmm. about it. You were shitting yourself that the money was going to come away from you and go elsewhere. So let's yeah. not try and, you know, 
kid ourselves here. You were doing it if you want. You're worried about your own pocket. But if you really do really truly care about the fans, and I'm completely wrong, then show us. Show exactly. us what we really mean to you. Show us that we are the reason these clubs are in existence. We're the ones keeping these clubs going. Show us what we mean. And listen, we'll soon find out in the next couple of weeks what's really going on and whether they truly believe that we do matter or not. Yeah, that's it, hundred percent. And you know what? I, I think that's probably a good sentiment to to end it on. It's like uh, two hours twenty minutes in now at this day. So uh, now, Liam, I want to give you a big shout out. Like, thanks for uh, thanks for sticking with me to the end. No, um, mate, sure. I mean, I think now I think three and a half hours worth I've done. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, just before we do go, yeah, Ray, have a look at the open letter. We we did um, earlier on. We did throw that up on the screen, so I had a, I had a little brief read of it. Um, but look, you know, uh, part of why I, I know it is late. It's actually after one a.m. here at the moment, and uh, like that we're two hours, just under two and a half hours in. Um, but part of why I'm kind of wrapping up is I, I have Sky Sports on here in the background, and I I've been so kind of glued to this as well, to this conversation and hearing like yourself and Gab and Dan and that it's, it's been really cool. Um, but I'm kind of interested now to kind of sit down just before I put the head down for bed, interested just to kind of catch up a little bit because we, yeah. there's been so much in the last two days. God knows what we've missed in the last two hours. Why we, why we've been sat here. God knows what. And, going on. and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we haven't heard the end. There's probably going to be plenty more. Now we had originally planned on doing this, tomorrow but hey look i might be giving you a shout to say hey look there's more let's get back on <laughs> let's go <laughs> that's it but uh yeah look before we go uh liam uh, give yourself a shout out there and uh, you know plug uh, plug the channel yourself and the lads yeah so um as Andy said you know i'm on twitter my personal handle is at l kennedy 89 um but also i'm part of a trio uh, anything arsenal me myself uh who is it brian and andy and yeah, you know, we, we try and do, like yourself, Anthony, you know, up to current sort of states uh, of affairs of Arsenal and previews and match reviews and stuff like that. So yeah, you'll catch me on the channel, but also catch me talking every now and again. If I've got my own view different to what the other lads might think, I'll stick it on my own personal Twitter, not to uh, upset a few people, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that, that's the way to do it. Have a bit of variety as well. It gets yeah, boring yeah. when everybody agrees the whole time. Yeah, it's so. nice, you know. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, as I said, big shout out to you, Liam. So I appreciate your time. And uh, a shout out to Dan and Gav Mack as well. So uh, yeah, fair play to the lads. And look, um, plenty of new faces in the chat here tonight. Plenty of new faces. So uh, massive thanks to, to everyone that, that came on here. And look, as always, plenty of, of regular familiar faces. So uh, I, I really do appreciate you you coming in and supporting and look for anyone that's new if you haven't please do you know like and subscribe and uh as liam said wait, i tried to i tried to nod on there as, as liam said yeah i'm always you, you never know which way to point it. yeah so uh, no here we go <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so yeah subscribe to uh, anything arsenal as well and uh yeah, look that MAD Sports, Gav Mac, and Sideline Talk podcast for Dan. And uh, yeah, Arsenal fan circle as well. We, we are Arsenal fan circle family. Ray, still in the chat there. So uh, yeah, look, it, it's it's been emotional. Uh, God knows what tomorrow is going to bring. But uh, as Ray says, what will tomorrow bring? Yeah, that's what we're wondering, Ray. Um, I think, yeah, we, we need to, I think, go to bed. And yeah, let's see what we're going to wake up to tomorrow. So look, as always, lads, you know, thanks for sticking with us. And... Come on, you gunners.